welcome to episode 393 of the Overlook Hour. I am your host, Clark Little, along with you as always is the man sitting across the table from me. The blind is shut. Wow. <laughs> the room is dark, but there is an illuminating light on this man's face wearing a green hoodie. I think it's new. But what's not new is his patented scary hat. The name ring of the overpriced. It's Russell John the Fisherman. You know, I wore this hoodie for the past three weeks and you failed to mention it. That's not true. It's the uh, Oksana. Yeah. Yeah. For things. recording? I, yeah. No, incorrect. No, I not did. Correct. I thought you were going to call not it out. Correct. Pull up the tapes. It's the Denim Devil. Okay. You should advertise uh, that for your friend. Shout you out have not. to Zach Carter and uh, Clark. It's it's okay. I know, one, you're colorblind, so it probably looks like every other black hoodie I have. It's not and true. two, you're wearing sunglasses, so it's probably even harder to tell. Is it not? Now that I have the light on, you know It's green. It's green. Yeah, so what are you talking about sunglasses? <laughs> I don't know. You just failed to notice. No, it's because it's not true. Randy, back me up. I don't remember what people are wearing. <laughs> exactly. Also, why would yo? You would have mentioned it. No, about your friend Zach. I, I you failed to think, mention it for three times. I actually think it's weird that we talk about clothing right off the top. It's something. <laughs> do you not understand why? Do you not remember that was a long going bit from the? Uh, Hi, my name is blah blah blah. I'm wearing an orange shirt and black pants. And oh, that, that, that. from fucking uh, Zuckerberg? Yeah. So oh, that, I did. I that's never why got it's it. been an ongoing bit. Oh, okay, I never got that. Man, <laughs> did anybody? I'm just curious. Am I the one? No. It. That's <laughs> that's where it started from, and yeah. I just kept doing. it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That also folded into the. Uh, we need to respect this land that was owned by the Cherokee. It's, the it's all yeah. in the same. I didn't. I didn't choose that path. Well, we're gonna I chose get... I chose this path. Well, I'm going to bring it up later when we talk about another hole in the head because they're not doing it, and I'm very angry. Well, you know, I chose this because you know, you know, I support Balenciaga. Oh yeah, and their choices, as uh, you know, the fashion industry always makes the right choices. Joining us to talk about the fashion industry and Balenciaga is our CP expert, Randy <laughs> Stat. That's me. I'm wearing a North Face jacket. Speaking of uh, fashion. <laughs> It's a uh, it's famously a uh, outdoorsman brand, but I'm a uh, indoorsman, so I just am. Uh, I guess you could call it stolen valor. Can I tell you right now that yes. is no that is the uniform of the tech industry as a whole. So uh, it is. You know, every, every indoorsman wears outdoor uh, equipment. That's just a fact. Uh, also joining us for this conversation as our chief executive outdoor expert, Oksana Valerinova Osachi. And I'm actually wearing technically a nightgown as a shirt. <laughs> no stolen valor here. Yeah, it, it is. Spoken like a true new mom. You, you know, the company I work for, we lost our IT guy to Patagonia. He's over there. Yeah. Oh, to Patagonia. Yeah. Another fucking fake outdoor wears company. Yeah. But Patagonia, dude, Patagonia has always been like, I remember when Patagonia was the cool brand. Mm-hmm. Sixth grade, everybody had Patagonia, and uh, we were too poor for Patagonia. Uh, so I had like Columbia. One during the lockdown, and I will still rock Columbia to this day. I was, uh, you know, still working in a warehouse, and a dude came up to our chain link fence and rattled it. And I was like, "Hey, man!" Like we would normally get that. And this guy was like, "What kind of jacket you got?" Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, "I got a hoodie." He's like, "How much you want for this Patagonia?" Ooh. I was like, "What car did you just steal that out of?" <laughs> But yeah, I was talking to the IT guy. I'm like, what are they bringing you over for? Are you making a ton of money? He's like, dude, they're paying me to ride my bike to work. 
Patagonia spelled with an H. <laughs> Dude, but they're paying him in mileage to ride his bike to work. That was the benefit he led off with. That's, that's America. That's fucking weird. That's America. That's the scam. <laughs> that's a dude that's a hustle good job for that guy yeah, that's the way to do it now uh this week is as i told you before until the end of the year and maybe in perpetuity gang i don't know we do whatever we want to do on this show because we know that life changes and we just want to adapt for anything that happens so we're just we're having fun and that's all we want to do on this show that is the purpose of this show is to have fun and to help us have fun we're bringing in a veteran to this show all right but it has been a long time since he has been on the show and there's a reason because he had to pay a penance because the last <laughs> time he was on this show let's just be honest the reviews weren't that good <laughs> and so he's been in overlook hour jail for quite some time but he was in our guantanamo that's right <laughs> he was in our off-site uh, side podcast uh, called the cellar dwellers now <laughs> i'm just kidding uh do they listen Randy? do they listen are no. they friends of are they that close of friends to you that they listen to the things that you do i think christian listens sometimes i'm not sure i hope christian heard this because i love him and I, all i want to do is facilitate the reunion of that show as I'm introducing our guest. <laughs> Joining us is friend of the show and friend in life, the beloved Benji Carver. All right. Well, it's good to be uh, not tortured and back on the mainland here. Um, clearly, Clark, you're referencing to the 90 plus minutes that I came on and made all of your lives a living hell. Uh, a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just honestly, I just thought this is a funny way for me to intro this and make fun of someone while I do it. Um, but there I'm back. Go. I'm media trained. Uh, I've done my apology <laughs> tour. Um, Ellen DeGeneres is still a terrible person, but, uh, <laughs> but she's going to through her training, Benji. <laughs> we went to the same camp. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> She's also way richer than all of us. So, I know. Well, actually, I was rich with VHS, but as you see behind me, I guess this is uh, an audio recording, though. You won't. <laughs> the kingdom that fell down. It's uh, okay. We always open up with the visual bit anyway. So oh, okay. that's- <laughs> imagine, imagine, Benji, if you had fully invested in the beta, and you and that's all you had back there. Whew, so, that's better quality, beta. actually. So, we uh, invested- see, there you go. You're still holding on. <laughs> we invested in beta. Uh, you mentioned Randy, our engineer, earlier. I was going to make the same joke. I know. <laughs> See, now now I'm just confused. Ba- okay. Because I, I thought I I immediately went to meta. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's because you're a crypto guy now. Oh, did oh, you? Yeah. Have you seen? Have you? Let's go into movie talk. Hi. Welcome to the Overlook Hour episode. We already did it. Have you seen? Y'all still got HBO Max? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yep. Uh, have y'all seen that documentary that's all in VR? I haven't watched HBO Max, I think, since we got Well, there's it. a documentary that's all done in VR. Uh-huh. Randy, you know, uh, Benji, you know about this? Mm-hmm. Get in there. Well, I haven't seen it. I just know. <laughs> <laughs> I do watch that HBO Max. I'm almost finished with Vice Principals. <laughs> so but that's another story. We met in virtual reality? Yeah, that's Oh, one. yeah, I've heard about that. No. I think it played uh, a couple festivals. Yeah, doing very well. Uh, and I saw the trailer <laughs> yesterday. I saw, uh, you know what I saw about, mm, let's call it 17 seconds of the trailer. I was like, this is interesting. I don't want to watch it, but I think Russell would love it. Why? Because this is stupid shit you would like. I don't have a VR thing, though. 
No, but I, 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 the whole thing is done through VR. Yeah. And so people are narrating as their VR characters. It kind of But they're talking about real life things. That's that Red Band does. Oh, a I bit. hate that. Just like all the different characters. Yeah. Where it's like a community visual chat room. Yeah, I'm not into that. I don't know, but if it you're talking work. about like a talking head documentary, yeah. but they're all fake people. David Byrne does not show up. It's kind of interesting because the problem with documentary is that, you know, in intuitively you want to believe it because it's nonfiction, but it's all a lie anyway because it's manipulative. Yes. And then if it's all a lie anyway, then you're kind of like, I guess, more free to partake in the information. That's what I've been saying about the world. Well, you were so excited about it. I thought you watched no, it. No, because I just remembered. Because oh, okay. let me explain something to you. I have great thoughts throughout the week. 99% of them go into the wasteland. Yeah. And that is my life in a hole. Randy Michaelstead, your thoughts? Yeah, the doc looks good. I heard it's good. I might give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! He knocks him down, doesn't he, folks? Very good. All right. Anything up top? Uh, Russell, uh, how how was the week with the baby, Oksana? Any excitement? You know, week, how many weeks? We had a month in? Two and a half. Two and a half weeks. It'll be three weeks on Tuesday after before this episode goes up. So so how how is life in pajamas all day? He's chilling. He's a good kid. And uh, we finally cut the emotional umbilical cord and had an adventure out of the house without him. Oh, yeah. And uh, it kind of ties into why Benji's here. Oh, yeah. Because we weren't going to miss the opening of another hole in the head. Oh, no. And sorry, uh, I would have said that sooner, but I had soda <laughs> in my mouth. I was really, I was on a good beat there. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we got a babysitter, went out and went to the movie theaters. And I will tell you, thank you for all the shame thrust upon me and Oksana for uh, abandoning our child before he's three weeks <laughs> By old. By whom? Dude, I don't know if it's like another generation thing, but people are like, wait, are you kidding? Did, I, doing that? did I shame you? No, you didn't. No, uh, no I'll be clear. Support. Nobody here did because I think film's important to all of us. So when we're saying we're going to go try and see a movie, like you're the people that would get it. Our parents, actually, my mom was very excited to hang out with the kid. So she didn't say anything. Yeah. But everybody else is just like, wait, what? You're leaving? And uh, hell yeah. I was like, we're going to go watch Benji introduce an anthology film about uh satanic hispanic people now very quickly benji do you feel any guilt <laughs> for being a part of this scenario where you were taking a mother and a father a first time mother and father away from their child in a very key developmental stage in this young tadpole's life absolutely not because i already sacrificed my soul to the devil so uh there i have go. no as they all saw on Thursday night. So I have no no regrets. Now, the, no. the motion picture was uh, Hispanic Satanics? Satanic Hispanics. Oh, see, Hispanics. I'm sorry. Dyslexia will get me. Yeah, and I, I don't want to get into that yet, but I do, I just want to say, if you're out here in the Bay Area, this episode's going to be up on Thursday. Definitely make an attempt to go out there because I don't know. I, I was like, mainly I wanted to go out there just to like kick it. And I was like, oh, I'll go hang out with Benji. And then can I you know, kick it? Another hole in the head. There's always cool people out there. We ran into Matthew Abea, who was on the show before, Dave O'Shea. Where, uh, Chad came out from Scary Thoughts, Hell gave yeah. us many gifts for uh, young Cliff, too, including a plushy flail that I put on the wall next to my uh, prop, <laughs> my screen used prop from Hercules, the, uh, the rock, the Dwayne Rock Johnson one. Which is actually it's it's souring on me the older I get. 
but yeah, I don't know. It was great. And then surprise, surprise, the movie was a banger. And I, I'll talk about that later because I don't have a lot, but man, it was fucking good. And when you see names like Mike Mendez and Eduardo Sanchez, you're always kind of like, oh, this could be, uh, you know, pay an alimony kind of thing. <laughs> sure. And I mean, Eduardo's, you know, close personal friend. I believe me and Clark interviewed him and he told us to stop arguing. Hey, no, pay <laughs> an alimony. He's a sweetheart. He is. He's pay, fantastic. He's no, no, no. See, you got it mixed up because he's doing like the indie horror movie project. I know. Paying alimony would be that show he did for 14 yeah. years. Yeah, he did some hey, TV. And good job. Yeah. Yes. People like that show. So, Benji, it's up to you to give us, like, cut through the fat, dude. We don't want all the ones that are going to put another hole in the head on the map. We don't want the ones that you're booking because you got cool guests coming out there and you're just playing to them. We want the shit that we need to watch. Because I'm going to push people to go out there, so don't make me look like a fool. Oh, I always want to make you look like a fool. <laughs> but um, on that end, uh, so uh, this will be, as you said, airing Thursday. So that is our last night at the Roxy, the Little Roxy Theater. Um, and I think uh, definitely for all the horror fans, uh, Living with Chucky is a documentary about the people who made the dolls over the years of Chucky uh, and Child's Play. Uh, series so that one was a banger actually out of fantastic fest um that uh -huh. also where uh, satanic hispanics played first as well um but what i'm really excited is actually at 9 p.m is my favorite pick um of the festival from our we're mainly a, if, if people don't know another hole in the head really prides itself on diy genre filmmaking so uh a lot of hearts and a lot of energy and some amazing acting and some really terrible acting all at once <laughs> comes together and with a lot of gore. That's always the goal. If it definitely has blood and lots of holes and heads. Um, but Night of the Bastards at 9 p.m. at Little Roxy. Um, the filmmakers will be there as well. But that one is um, definitely something to look out for. It's going to come out in theaters or I think it has a brief run next year. But you'll be one of the first audiences to see that film. Um, uh, Benji, quick, quick question um is bastard spelled traditionally or in the uh tarantino style traditional <laughs> traditional well, I'm, I'm out thank you so, so much um but what's that about so the brief uh synopsis is about taking place in both the 1970s and in modern time but uh is about a lineage of manson cult members in the desert uh sacrificing you know babies and all that stuff um living out in the hole in the ground as uncle charlie was saying uh a young couple in the 60s uh 60s 70s side uh experienced that uh the young man turns into an old desert a uh, hermit waiting yeah. to get his revenge uh on this family uh 30 years later and it's just a good old-fashioned, bloody DIY, guts and gore, um, and lots of Russ Meyer, big nudity, uh, tits as well on top oh, of it. Movies, I love so. a Russ Meyer heavy, heavy tit. Yeah, this uh, main actor uh, that's in it as well is like, they're just like, wow, like they clearly cast somebody from straight out of Faster Pussycat in this, <laughs> in this movie. Um, so that's my favorite uh, feature that we're uh, showing uh, at hole in the head and then uh, i know that skipping we'll just skip over to sunday the profane exhibit which i know russell you're excited about yeah as well um has a plethora of filmmakers um 
Though I have to say the Diodato stuff, I have not watched that one yet. Uh, I want you to coddle me, Russell, like as your <laughs> child, because I'm scared because I heard Clint Howard's in it, directed by Ubel, and he has mm. sex with his child or something. I don't know. It's a very much like an, I am scared to watch this document. Hey, Uwe? <laughs> yeah, Uwe Ball. Yeah, so I heard it I've heard many funny. reviews that I'm just like, I need someone to hold because it scared me. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. Uh, so I'll be I'll be clear. I'm yeah. being kind of uh, precious with my time. And I was going through and I'm like, what do I have to watch? And you guys are you're ending at the Roxy, but you're moving over to the new four star, which has been bought by the owners of the Balboa. And uh, they've gutted and revamped it. They got rid of the little theater that me and Rock, uh, Randy. What did we watch there? I keep wanting to call it the Triangle, but it was um the Void. The Void. Yeah, yeah. And Kostansky. dude, me and Randy were in the back. We're like, dude, they didn't even frame the projector on the fucking projector screen. What about when we saw the church there and the audio was like uh, off? The audio. Clint was- Howard. Clint Howard. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just it. It really felt like a grindhouse theater, which was kind of cool. I'm excited that it's gutted and there's a cafe and there's a gallery. And part of the reason I have to go to this is just to, I don't know, kind of christen the four star. Yeah, I think that's, I think we're all christening it. We are the first film festival back at the four star. Stop saying christening. It sounds like you're going to piss all over it. <laughs> <laughs> How about newborns? Hey, well, you know, Benji, while you're here, I'm curious. And I, I know we're a little bit like inside baseball here, but. What happened to the uh, new cinema? Are they like done now? The- I I don't know um, if it'll be under new management. It's it's a it's a that was a beautiful and still amazing theater um, that no one knew ever existed, and that was kind of the beauty of doing it. But also, yeah. it did also struggle to get people into the theater. Yeah. Uh, but once there, you know, y'all know inside baseball, it was probably the best theater in San Francisco. One screener. Um, yeah, and in my for opinion. People, people not from here, it was in the middle of like Japantown. It was literally underground. It was a Dolby theater. It wasn't used very often. So the seats were like pristine. It had a cool look to it. It felt like it was like a Kubrick private theater or something. Yeah, very Kubrickian. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, cell phones didn't work, which was a benefit if you actually like enjoying a movie. And the thing was, you know, we tried to book there too, and they just wanted so much money. And it's one of those things where you're looking at the owners and you're like, again, Benji, I didn't talk to him about this, so he's free of what I'm saying. But you're looking at him, and you're kind of like, are you, is this like a racket? Are you doing like human trafficking down here? Because well, we want to show a movie in your beautiful theater. <laughs> and What's <laughs> next door is the real, and this is how we got on Movie Maker Magazine's top 50 genre film festivals, is Dimples. Yeah. Uh, which is its own... <laughs> racket in its own way they don't hide the fact that they're human trafficking you go down there and it's one like again they have a menu it's below ground (laughs) and if you walk in it's one of those things where everybody was smoking a cigarette but somehow they could hear you coming down they put it out and they look at you for two seconds and if they think you're cool they'll just light it back up and it's a karaoke bar. You get weird young traffic through there and everybody from another hole in the head. We were, dude, we went over there with Jorge Torres Torres and just partied. It was so much fun. Well, yeah, I got a bag of fentanyl there. <laughs> <laughs> Synthetic. <laughs> so, uh, nothing. <laughs> you give him nothing on that. Wait, so re- rewind a bit. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the four star if we can. So the, yeah. the, so I'm very excited. Uh, the four star is 
my favorite theater in San Francisco. Now uh, or before? Each, oh, before. Uh, I saw Why? several people. Okay. Shit. What are you, some kind of hipster? You're like, I like to no, go. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's the memories because I was, I was 19. Okay. I, I, I came to the city because I knew that they were playing a double feature of Takashi Miyake's Ichi the Killer uncut on 35 mm-hmm. and the great Yogi Award, which is like a Power Rangers movie he made. Um, it's very, Yogi Award? Uh, no, I know Yogi what it is. Yeah, I think uh, I, I, I didn't know what it was. I was like, I, I, yeah. Miyake makes, you know, he's made over 100 movies. Um, and was got into that little small theater, smelled horrible, seats were broken. And I'm just like, this is the city. This is me, like little August O'Brien and Last Action Hero sitting down and enjoying movies. And then each of the killers, great. The audience loved it. It was the first time I saw it ever uncut because I know it's been cut down quite a bit. Um, the Great Yogi War starts up, second feature. 20 minutes in, the screen just burns. <laughs> The whole print lit up on fire, and we're just all sitting there, like I think I think the print's on fire. <laughs> and it was like it's my only experience of that. I mean, talk about there will there will never be a time where people will ever see that. And that was just something that was just like that was my christening to the theater. Um, Dude, how far into the movie did you get? Twenty minutes. It was twenty minutes in. It was barely starting. Man, now, this was when you first moved into the city. No, I, I was I took the Caltrain up from growing up in the South Bay. Okay, so. all right. I just you know th- it just sounded like some uh, horrible, horrible omen. Man, yeah. I'm I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious Absolutely. why why they paired it because now if you're like me and you're young and you start to realize the auteur theory without you know ever reading about it and you're like, oh, directors who are cool and make weird stuff tend to make similar product all the time and then you jump into Takashi Miike's shit blind you'll get fucking burned because I used to go to Japantown and pay $50 for a damn DVD that looked like shit and then I'd go home and be like oh this is like a made for TV child's film that he made and this one always I couldn't tell if it was going to be a good horror movie kind of like Psycho Gorman or something or if it was going to be like I don't know Dragon Ball live action on PBS. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just curious. Did, did you get to see any of it and get a vibe? Oh, it was absolutely. Um, yeah. Some, it was a kid's film. It was a power Rangers. Like, damn. Yeah. It, some Sentai but, shit. That's awesome to play with each of the killer uncut. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, okay. Like, yeah. Like he didn't. Cause Frank who owned the theater for many years. Uh, did you yeah, ever hang out with Frank or talk to Frank? No. Um, Really nice guy, actually, but he definitely um, was very possessive of his 35 millimeter prints. Cool. <laughs> um, which is an entirely other story. Um, it's partially why I was there. I was actually undercover for another theater to investigate where the 35 millimeter prints of like all these Shaw Brothers movies might be. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> um, again, you were a narc, dude. You were going there to narc him. Uh, oh no, I was narking. I was, I was, uh, I was James Bond in that shit. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> You know, it's funny because I know the four star had a reputation for showing all the Shaw Brothers films. Actually, when I did that Q&A with Jackie Kong, I was talking to uh, the owner of the Balboa about the four star and she was she asked and I mentioned it and she she went into a deep story about the Shaw Brothers films and how she knew the owner. So it definitely seemed like it had a cultural footprint out here. 
I'm bummed the only time I went was with Randy and we saw the void. It, it was interesting because Frank would, he even put up a feature um, of Ryan Prowse's uh, Low Life. Like he was oh, the only one who right. played it in, in San Francisco. Um, so he was always down to like show stuff that a lot of theaters would like, if I've seen Midnight had a copy, I mean, he'd put it on that really shitty compact projector, but you know, it was like, you know, he would, he would show it. Like I saw Daniel wasn't, isn't real on my birthday. That was like the last thing I saw there. Um, Damn. So. so is 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 this festival the uh, the sort of launch of this uh, the relaunch of this theater? Yeah, I think that's kind of what the press has kind of been a little bit on it. Um, George can go in if George, the head programmer, founder of Another Hole in the Head, uh, who is Romero, uh, George <laughs> George Kazaskian. I always for this for now. I just say uh, uh, <laughs> I say George K Junior. George K Junior. because <laughs> he's a junior um founded it 19 years ago and uh and yeah so this is our 19th year 2022 uh festival but this is our second weekend so we've already did our as russell 19 and- oh you're old enough to vote and fuck dude <laughs> you must be from mississippi <laughs> so, <laughs> so well, uh, again if you're looking for the dates don't go to the four star uh website because do not do not go to the four go to another hole in the head uh's website which is a h i t h dot com um yeah so uh thursday we're at the little roxy for night of the bastards and living with chucky but uh and then friday saturday sunday we're at the four star um and uh we're, we're opening up with actually kind of a banger on friday uh we got the lost coffin joe uh, movie, if you know, uh, Cop and Joe stuff from Brazil, he was a uh, icon, no. yeah. Um, Cop and Joe, yeah, okay. First of all, don't come in here with this tone of like, we supposed to know fucking Cop and Joe from goddamn Brazil. I, it seemed you seem like the kind of crowd that would like be like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I own, um, I think a box set came out a couple years ago of coffin Joe stuff. And I bought it. I had never dug into it. It's, you know, for me, it's kind of, um, so what we're talking about, we're coffin, coffin, like, Joe, not coughing. Like, Clark's very into weed now. He, no, like, I don't know <laughs> here. I'll pull it up for you. But yeah, I, um, Dick? it's kind of like, you know, how Italian horror has become such a, like elitist subgenre, And it's kind of like, you have to be well read to really understand it. I'm always like, is Coffin Joe like that? I feel like you need a Sherpa or something. I mean, it's interesting. It's it was made. I mean, it started in the 1960s. Um, and I and I sorry to pronounce, mispronounce the actor's name or the creator of it, Jose Aguirrekin. Um, and I do apologize on that end. Um, but yeah, he started this iconic sort of top hat, long fingernailed, like you know, sort of his own Nosferatu of Brazil essentially was the kind of the, I think the original premise and then did several, several movies. And then actually the guy died, I think in 2020, but there was a couple films that had never been shown. And so that's one of, that's one of them that we're going to be. Why don't he trim his fingernails? He never, never did trim his fingernails. He was dedicated to being coffin Joe. So. Yeah. But then you get dirt in them. You know, if you're dealing with coffins and dirt, you gotta be hygienic. I know I digged graves. I'm the only person talking right now on this show who has ever dug a real grave for humans. Thank like, you. 
for like a job or for uh, grave, yes. <laughs> grave robbing? <laughs> What's going on? My here? hand. No. He was at gunpoint and it was his own grave, Benji. <laughs> no, dude. Well, no, he but- better dig too. <laughs> My my father uh, was a funeral director, and the guy who uh, dug graves was one of the few around who would still dig graves by hand. Uh, you know, most everybody get a backhoe. Nope, not Charles. Picking an axe, baby. Getting it done. Was he Coffin Joe, is what you're saying, actually? He was the, the coffin. coffin. I know the real <laughs> Coffin Joe. How were his Coffin nails? Charles. Also, Charles is like 70 years old, built like a fucking brick shithouse. Well, when you're digging graves, dude, I'm telling you, man, that is there. There's your fucking equinox. You know, di- <laughs> dig a grave. Whenever people talk about digging graves, I think of Twitter, because there was that one like name something that looks really easy in a movie, but is really hard in real life. Yeah, and just digging a whole period, it's like fun at first, and then you hit hard ground. And dude, you're it's like, hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like that should be the new, uh, you know, um, fitness trend. You mean, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, goat yoga and all this orange theory bullshit. Dig a grave. Yeah. You're going to see all these fucking latte bitches with their fucking yoga pants and ponytails digging graves and like fucking parking lots. It's gonna six be- by four, right? Four feet across, six feet exactly. down, right? Yep. Yeah, it turns into math. It's great. How do you keep the walls so like straight? You got that's why you got to get the, the pick. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always, I, yeah, I was so curious. Yeah. I'm like, dude. No, because it's fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, that ends our coffin talk segment. And you could probably, yeah, you you need uh, a couple different types of shovels, too. <laughs> I'd like a, I'd like one with a pitch, the first, to get in there, to dig, but then you're going to need a square to kind of help, and then you get the pick in there. All right. We'll, we'll uh, when we kick off our video content, we'll have you digging a grave. I did Rocky Ground forget it. Yeah. It's terrible. We'll christen it with you digging a grave. That's right. I'll do it. <laughs> be back right. in shape, eh? Now, the other thing that really stood out to me about another hole in the head was what's up with the like you're teaming up with like a stage production? Like you're oh, gonna yeah. have- Stageworks is hosting um the Twilight Zone for two nights. These actors, a group of actors do Twilight Zone episodes. They uh they say it's parody because it's a little bit of a twist on it. Um twist on a twist of a Twilight Zone. Yeah. Um, but uh, oh, so like a famous episode, like, you know, there's a metal plane. Yeah. And they re, but they reenact it live on stage. So we're doing that at Stageworks. That is the uh, 15th and 16th, I think, of this. What, what episodes, dude? I believe it's going to be Eye of the Beholder. Okay. It's one of them, which is the classic. Uh, my, my personal favorite that doesn't get played as much is, um, and then the sky opened. Um, so I'm always, I'm hoping they haven't told me all that. So I always, Fingers crossed when anyone's always doing live versions of Twilight Zone. And I believe, I think they might do Nightmare at 30,000 feet. Um, that's the one. That's the one. But you don't got Bill Shatner. Um, you know, that's, 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 um, by the way, did, did you all ever see the Jordan Peele Twilight Zone episodes? Uh, I tried. Um, I saw yeah. a couple. I tried as <laughs> yeah. well. They were really fascinating because, like, those 80s ones are pretty special now. Like, who they got to direct a lot of those episodes like Wes Craven. And then I think they tried to do that with this new one, but like it's always just felt a little more like, Oh, they just wanted to do the American black mirror at that yeah. point. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. I feel that. And also I feel like there was a, a definite miss in the casting department. Uh, Vic Morrow should have been in there. Right guys. Oh my, God. Ooh, my boy. 
I don't know. <laughs> weird in in that like era of American like I don't know visual art. It just felt like a lot of um, just like social commentary, and I I it almost felt like if you really wanted to make it hit home, you got Jordan Peele involved, and it's like man, he's such a creative dude. Like, why not let him tell a story? And then if there's like questions that come up, like just let him linger there and let us think about them. Instead, it almost reads like propaganda where they're kind of telling you how you should feel about things. And I think he just slapped his name well, on it, right? I don't Well, he was the host. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Well, he did and nothing. I don't mean a sideline, but it's like, I feel like for a lot of filmmakers, because like, wasn't there for a long time, like Matt Reeves and Christopher Nolan were supposed to make the Twilight Zone movie. The next thing, like, oh. it's always like the big white whale for like a lot of like real big idea filmmakers and stuff like that. Um, it definitely wasn't as bad as that 2000s UPN Forrest Whitaker host ser- uh, version. Oh, I don't even remember. What? This that sounds one, really good. <laughs> that one is is special and all the terrible reasons because it's a sequel to the famous like the kid that threw everyone to the cornfield one. So the kid grows up. And he has a kid, and he has a daughter that does that now in the town. <laughs> uh-huh. And then um, the other one was that there's a Catherine uh, Heigl time traveler one, where she finds herself in um, in Bavaria in the uh, turn of the century, and she finds out that Hitler has just been born, and she gets a chance to possibly kill baby Hitler. Oh, here. And we go. so, so there's, <laughs> two, there's two on the yeah. nose. Yeah. Rod yeah. Sterling. Here's the thing. That man was an activist and he really did want to like get the message out. And right. He originally tried to get a Western started and they wouldn't let him do it. And they're just like, you can't, we don't want to touch this topic. So then he gets in the twilight zone and he kind of buries it, which is what every great filmmaker has said since then. Worry about your characters, worry about your story. And then if you can put a message in there, maybe if, if it's not going to ruin your shit, this is the complete opposite. And it's like, dude, uh, the Whitaker one looks fantastic, though, because it looks just like all other sci-fi trash. Guess who does the theme song of the remix of the 2000s version? Nine Inch Nails. Jim Jarmusch. Close to Nine Inch Nails, but like, think more redneck, think more bagpipes. Oh, even three bagpipes, doors. Dreads. <laughs> dreads. Dreads and bagpipes? I have no fucking Pantera. idea. Corn. <laughs> Jonathan Davis is Oh, I forgot. You were picking California Redneck, of course. I'm sorry. sorry. That's the Rednecks I grew up around. I I get it. That's fair. Completely fair. Damn it. Man, we were just making fun of corn before we started recording. I was talking. It's a common theme. Yeah, it's mostly because half of my wardrobe was corn shit. (laughs) You got the life, Russell. Dude, I, you know, I thought I did. And then I had some issues apparently when that album dropped. I was like, call back for me and Clark when nobody was in the right. room. That's good. <laughs> but, okay. but the thing is, is that I, I feel like the 80s Twilight Zone, watching them now, like Freakin', Wes Craven, like those ones are some bangers. Like those are some real, like if you want uncensored, you know, dark Twilight Zone episodes, like definitely seek those out. Um, you know, I actually don't know if I've ever really dug into it because you're, you're dropping all these names and I'm like, oh, dude, it's not ringing a bell. What, is it available anywhere? It's on YouTube. There's a lot of YouTube episodes available. Oh, good old YouTube. We just got to get Randy on board. Yeah. So, anyways, that's what we're doing. The last week of another hole in the head. The fifteenth and sixteenth. Oh, sorry, fourteenth and fifteenth. Wednesdays, fourteenth and fifteenth. Uh, Stageworks. Uh, the Twilight Zone special edition live 
in person. So uh, definitely check those out. Um, I don't know if we'll, who's introducing them on that end, but uh, that's and we also have a whole catalog online on Eventive um, that other things are dropping. Um, C, uh, HD uh, H TV was one of my favorites. <laughs> Dude, I like um, the name. Heebie-jeebie TV. It's like DIY, like Goosebumps, Black Box. Um, definitely check that out if you can. Um, it's made by a group of uh, filmmakers in Philadelphia. Um, yeah, it's a real twisted, weird. Uh, like it's another like slight anthology, but they make it look like it's an old Black Box TV station. Um, that you're coming through that children are like getting their souls sucked out of and stuff like that. All right. Uh, uh, um, so uh, I was hoping to get that one in the theater, but we didn't have time. Uh, yeah, so what's up? You also have like a virtual thing. Yeah, going so on? that's part of the virtual. That's on Inventive. Um, that's through another hole in the head's website, ahith.com. Um, and then yeah, there's the stuff that's dropping every day, or is there from the first to the 18th? Was the festival runs? See now here, I have a complaint. I feel like you're too upfront, and it makes the website confusing. Because when you go there, you have live schedule, which is everything in the theater, and then virtual schedule, everything online. Most most festivals now just blend the two, and then you get all excited, and you're like, oh, we're going to stay home and invite people over. We're going to watch this movie, and it's like, oh, no, theater only, or vice versa. I'm going to go out and watch this. It's like, oh, online only. So, so And I feel like that's something with um, with us you know, trying to cater to a broad audience, but also with the pandemic. Um, and I feel like that ideally it's nice to be back in person. Um, I also know that sometimes – distribution uh we're at the end of the year the festivals a lot of people don't actually like that's something i've had to learn in the last few years is as a festival that's the end of the year a lot of things have already been sold or are coming out on shutter Screenbox, and so um we kind of have to make deals and like you know or double check cross our t's dot our i's on yeah. what's available <laughs> so yeah i mean it's it's i really love this time of year for the festival because it's it's like it's december it's the holidays but it's my my birthday month, all these things. Flu season. Yes, yes, Clark. Thank you. <laughs> uh, um, uh, uh, Clark McScrooge over there, just to remind us all. Now, um, now Benji, I, I am a fan of of the of the festival, yeah. and you know, yeah. and I am glad that obviously you know you being here and you know being a steward of the festival. So, my question about the festival, Benji, is what is this year's Barbara Crampton movie? You know what? Barbara did not have a movie this year. Um, Get the fuck out of here. It was very, it's out of 19 years. No. Well, uh, nerd alert kind of moment is, uh, uh, well, she's only actually been reacting in the last several years, but (laughs) (laughs) thank you. You're next. Um, yeah, I, uh, I think the last Barbara movie showed was 2019 with, uh, my buddy's film, um, uh, stay out, stay alive. Um, I think that was the last Barbara film we had. So we've not had a Barbara movie for about, two two years two three years no it's been an ongoing joke here because i believe we had her on the show very early like episode way way too early and then um we went to another hole in the head uh i believe like two or three times that year and the first two times she was there with a different movie and we're just like what the fuck is every time we were there barbara was there Uh, yeah yeah for like three years (laughs) barbara is one of the sweetest people um but yeah i mean you know and she she's definitely like the christopher walken of you know of movies where they have the time and you have a uh, you have a budget 
yeah. to go with, like, oh, they'll do it. Hey, and, I'd and, fuck both of them. Christopher Walken, she's the Elizabeth Bathory because she's not aging. I don't know what she's doing. She's sucking the souls out Barbara of babies. Barbara looks or something. great. Yeah. Keep her away from her kid, Oxana. She's, <laughs> she's playing youthful somehow. Yeah, at least I didn't see the Eric Roberts. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I've been. It's it's been great going to festivals because every back going because every once in a while, it, from short films to features, Eric Roberts will show up at least twice. Talk about like people showing up multiple times at a festival. What uh, Eric Roberts is showing up to the festival? Not showing up to the festival, but will show up in movies, like three or four uh, movies, shorts and features. Y'all got Eric Roberts, holler. We do no. have Jake Busey Tuesday. Very, that's I'm very excited about Jake Busey, though. Bong Ling might be here. I, I've seen yes and no's on this. So Wait, really? Yes. Oh, um, I do have to give a heads up. I mean, your audience definitely loves extreme stuff. So that is considered one of another extreme films um, and another hole in the head. Uh, it's about Robert Picton, the ki- uh, the pig killer, up in uh, Vancouver. The, um, oh. And Jake Busey's playing uh, him. So he's Canadian was- bacon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Canadian bacon. I'm dead. That's the tagline of the movie. Fuck yeah! yeah. All right. Yeah, you one of our uh, <laughs> one of our reviewers for the festival said that like that was probably one of the most shocking, some of the most shocking stuff he's ever sat through. All right, and he was and like if- the one. Sorry, if you're listening to this now, it will have already played. So hopefully we'll have a great time because you are going to go, right, Clark? Is Pigman Busey's Tuesday? Tuesday. Where at? Uh, Roxy. Roxy. The Clark Little, Little Roxy Ro- is my theater, son. Yeah, the Clark Little Roxy. That's right. <laughs> also, but, uh, you know, Benji, very sad. We should mention this. Um, you know, Roxy, a uh, beautiful theater here in the Mission District of San Francisco, California. Uh, one of the best pizza restaurants in the city was nearby and has recently closed. Did it so burn down? No, uh, well, it burned down with uh, negativity because you go in there and people <laughs> yell at you for buying food at their restaurant. Because there's only Italian-Americans on the wall. They got, <laughs> Russell, Oksana, did they not get very militant towards their last days? They did nothing but yell at people trying to patronize their business. It's true, but I had a, their pizza was top-notch. Very good. So the ghost of Danny Aiello was running this place. Screaming at people, breaking boom boxes, you know, saying Italian Americans like, only on the wall. <laughs> yes, but it was if it was done by shithead metalheads. Oh, but they had, but yeah, they had that Danny Aiello pressure, but yeah, done yeah. if like you know, um, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt <laughs> was running the restaurant as Hesher. I was just gonna say, uh, meets John Turturro, the, the oldest son in the. Look, it's not my fault that he's got 47 names, and it took me half a second to pull all those fucking names. (laughs) You know, talk about someone who hasn't been in, like, who was in everything for, like, 10 years, and then just kind of has slowly, like... Do you want to know why? Because we found out he's not that talented. That's why. Oh, just hit record, man. Just hit record. (laughs) (laughs) You know why? Because Don John happened. That's why. (sighs) Biggest hunk of shit I've seen since this morning. No. I wanted to watch the Tony Danza dad movie. I was like, oh, this is the movie right here. Oh, all right, you know what? That's by far the only part that's worth remembering. Oh, it that. is. Absolutely. So, yeah, because Scar Johansson's accent just makes my dick just go inside my body. She looks good. good. She looks good, but she sounded like a fucking trash woman. Yeah. 
Get out of there with it. <laughs> any, any, anyways, <laughs> Italian Americans only on the wall. Uh, <laughs> All right. So, Bidji, uh, the festival runs. Uh, it's running now, and it runs till when? To uh, December 18th uh, on Inventive and Stageworks and Four Star and Little Roxy. So, all those above. <laughs> Many, many, many avenues to see another hole in the head 2022. So, rocking and rolling. And I'm glad you guys are back, you know, in the theater. You know, you did the virtual thing. Uh, and you, you still do, you still do the uh, Warp Dimension virtual uh, showings from time to time. What's going on with that? Every Wednesday night, um, we've done it, we've almost done nearly 100 episodes. So now we can take little breaks and do wow. warps episodes that we've done in the past um what are you the new fucking seinfeld over there dude? <laughs> yes we are my dream is i'm jerry my best friend is george and uh my neighbor is, is kramer <laughs> so, so who's the kramer in this scenario oh he's yeah it's a long story on that one actually so, don't answer i know the answer yeah, it's a long story on that. um right. so yes <laughs> so yeah warp dimension uh wednesday nights zoom go to our instagram at warp dimension at warp dimension tv uh 707 p.m always uh yeah uh we will be having your your guy jorge torres torres actually back on uh this week as well so hell yeah jtt yeah i, I thought you were about to no say I, I almost did and i didn't okay okay <laughs> all right uh well benji thank you again uh for you know everything that you do for keeping cinema in san francisco and the culture alive so we do appreciate it my friend thank you do you like that tone that little confused <laughs> you for a, a punchline or i know something. i know <laughs> now, hold, that's it, just what I hold do. it as a part of my power moves i like to confuse and, people so that's it's just yeah. and we should be thanking also george k jr uh for all the work seamless work well, I the, did when I saw him. I gave him a huge hug. But get that introvert to come on this damn show yeah, eventually. Yeah, he's so a busy man. He's a busy man. He's so. an introvert. I think he's shy somehow, yeah. and I don't understand how. Yeah. So until he comes on this show, he does not fucking exist to me. <laughs> well, George rules. Yeah. Um, and you know what, Benji, we love you so much, and we're also quite aware because we we look at the analytics. Randy's he's crunching numbers all day, and he knows you don't listen to this show. So you're going to be surprised when we bring in one of the most prolific directors ever known to humanity. We fly him out from L.A. every week. And he's, you know, very uh, seminal director. He does a lot of movies about bugs. He's the director of The Spider and the Bee. How was your day, honey? The story of a small bug. And uh, he's here and he's going to talk. So don't talk over him and don't get starstruck. You know, Randy, cut his mic. Benji's going to ruin this for us. And we love him. So let's go ahead and bring in uh, David Lynch. Good morning. It's December 4, 2022, and it's a Sunday. Day two of weekend projects, and the fun work train is rolling. Today I'm headed for one of the dining cars, per mm -hmm. usual. He's back. For a great cup of hot coffee check one and another cookie <laughs> it's back and i'm going to be working today i think with pencil <laughs> cotton epoxy and temper paint the fuck is he going to draw the pencil on? everyone <laughs> have a great day thanks david oh, all right he's gone
Sorry, Benji. I'm sure uh, he wanted to say hi, but he really treats us with no respect. I think he just does it for the flight out here. Can I ask you a quick question? Are you back on coffee or caffeine? No. Okay. I'm, I'm just drinking water. You just, I'm just, I was very impressed. You went through that very quickly at the beginning. It was very good. <laughs> well, thank you. You had command and control, and I thought you were aided by your coffee. No, Benji, he's already Benji, gone. what are you showing in my fucking <laughs> face while I'm on a goddamn roll right now? I've met the man many times, so it's not that special. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, weird. Uh, he clearly made eye contact with you, but he still left just as quick. All right, all right. I'll, all right, fine, Benji. I'll fucking take the bait. How many times? What are you? Are you in the TM? Are you a TM guy? That's why you know. I actually think TM, TM is actually a very, um, of all the weird, you know, like new age guru kind of stuff, I think that actually some pretty interesting stuff. I mean, you're Clint, a sucker. Clint, Don't Clint be Eastwood, a sucker. No, Clint Eastwood did TM. What He's do you think still making? Hey. He lives in fucking Carmel. These aren't real people. <laughs> hey, just don't get ice cream on the on the sidewalk, okay? Well, that's, all I, that's all he asks. Um, so does it too. So I, I, <laughs> there's not there's not like a weird head person that's like, oh, you know, you know, give me all your, you know, you know, concubines and all that stuff. Like it's, I think that there's like probably it is very helpful in like staying focused, especially um, I work with um right now a lot of like young adults and i think that a lot of that stuff is actually actually quite positive on that end of meditation but um i don't know i i when i lived in la yeah he just he would just uh Miva had a lot of events with him it's very um, expensive benji it's cost yeah. prohibitive it's a fucking racket and a scam and hey we should lock her up <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm out of here <laughs> um so what you see uh, Lynch in the back of uh, Big Boys digging through the dumpster? <laughs> Winkies, yeah. And, and um, Bonnie, what's her name? I know. I, I've yeah. heard him on podcasts talk about doing that because he used to go get a milkshake there every day. And he's like, one day I went out back and I climbed in the dumpster and I looked at the product that was making the milkshake. And I haven't had one since. Oh, <laughs> like, okay, dude. Also, I believe that. Yeah, no. He, why would he lie about that? Also, why don't we climb through the dumpster and see what we're eating? Because we're not, we don't live in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> dumpster divers, Dave. I just assume everybody in Brooklyn does that. You got it. You laughed. And you don't even know why. That's why humor's cool. All right. It's still good. Yes. All right. So, uh, all right, David Lynch. All right, cool. Whatever. Anything else? <laughs> oh, I just was like, I'm like, you know, he's, 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 he is what he is. That's the thing. He does smell like coffee and, and cigarettes if you get close. <laughs> so. oh, I w I so bad want to find a candle that's sending coffee <laughs> and cigarettes. If you can find one, send that to overlookhour at gmail.com. Good job. Is that close? I think you nailed, you nailed it. it. Think that's yeah. It. So that's what happens. I haven't mentioned it in like 49 <laughs> episodes. Randy's got to come. And I finally get it right. All right. Uh, Randy Michael, it is your time. Right, now, Benji, um, as we talked about in the pre-show meeting, again, for our listeners, more than happy to walk you behind that curtain each and every week because that's what we do here. It's a full white glove service. We're here to help you out. Uh, Benji, the order that we're going to go in is Randy, myself, Benji, Russell. Because... Because it's a normal it, yeah. table scenario. I get it. Yeah. So Benji would sit right here. Randy does it. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, no. So Randy Michael, yes, your sir. turn. 
to tell us about what you have seen this week. Now, before we get into that, Randy, uh-huh. uh, very briefly, very briefly, I know that you and I, maybe Benji, yep. maybe Benji, we know that Russell is not a true patriot. Let's talk about the World Cup. Oh US, my God. <laughs> we lost yesterday. We lost yesterday to the disgusting, the filthy, the terrible Dutch. They come in there with their orange uniforms, looking like they're picking fucking trash off this fucking highway, and they beat us three to one. Uh, you know, literally the only thing that the Dutch could beat us in. All right, we fucking kicked it. We'll beat them in fucking windmill building, fucking little pricks. They all right. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Also, and Max Verstappen can stuck in my dick. I'm fucking sick of him fucking cheating his way through F1. I, I, I have lived my whole life, my entire existence in F1. I haven't hated any driver. I hate Max Verstappen now. He's a little fucking daddy's boy. He's a fucking prick. Fuck him and U.S. Benji, you watching the World Cup? Uh, so I'm a Mexico uh, fan. Benji, thank you for your time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you lost too. Mexico had a, oh, had a bad... Lost. Well, it was the second round. We got we beat Saudi Arabia, but um, uh, and the reason why is because uh, Mexico, nineteen eighty six, when the World Cup was in Mexico uh, City, that's the year I was born. So that's where my heart lies um, as well. Got it. But, Explains why you have that bottle of pee next to you. <laughs> uh, fermented. <laughs> they're known for pelting uh, the opponents in Mexico with. Pee. Oh, absolutely! It's a contact yeah. sport in the audience. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. They're christening them. Yeah. All right, so Randy, uh, uh-huh. what's going on? Yeah, I, I have no loyalty to any team in the World Cup. I'm just kind of uh, keeping keeping tabs on it, just to uh, you know be in on the uh, the conversation, know a little bit what's going on in the world. Maybe pick up a new hobby. So I, I've gone to a uh, local brewery and watched a couple games. Uh, there was one day where two games were on on different TVs, and there was only audio from one of them playing. So I got confused for the first twenty minutes, but then I figured it out. At <laughs> <laughs> a boy. And uh, yeah, you know, it's a big, uh, big uh, world event, uh, and I'm just trying to, uh, you know, keep tabs on it. But I really don't care uh, who wins or loses. Well, USA's out, Mexico's out, who gives a shit? And Brazil's probably going to win. So yeah, Germany's out, which is a big big surprise. Das boot. That's all I got. All right, Randy, go. Yeah, besides that, I honestly haven't been watching any uh, movies really this week. I uh, One night I spent uh, a couple hours re-watching some Key and Peel on uh, Netflix. Great show. All right, so tell us about your favorite <laughs> Key and Peel episode. <laughs> Uh, I don't know about my favorite episode, but the uh, my favorite bits are the uh, the valets. Mm-hmm. Valets are pretty good. So good. Liam Neeson's. Liam Neeson's. Straight cooking. Straight cooking. Uh, besides that, what did I what did I watch? I watched. Uh, so you know, it's the uh, it's December, so I'm trying to get in the mood. I watched uh, a Christmas movie called Eyes Wide Shut. If you've ever heard of it, uh, little oh, known gosh. director Stanley Kubrick. Great movie. Haven't seen it in a couple years. Uh, Still holds up. <laughs> <laughs> now I get why you're wearing that drain the swamp shirt, Randy. Yeah. Illuminati, <laughs> uh, all that. Uh, but no, be- besides that, before we recorded this episode, I just uh, finished the most recent episode of The Kingdom, which I've talked about like 
the last two episodes uh, on here. It's getting really good. Uh, I think this season is moving a little faster than the last two seasons. Uh, it's getting weirder. I know we've um, said it's kind of like his Twin Peaks a little bit. There are owls in this episode, and it does get very surreal and a Ooh. little more trippy. Um, Willem Dafoe shows up in it, and I don't think he says a word, but he's terrifying. Uh, just, <laughs> just you know, from being a great actor, just, oh, hell yeah. I got Kingdom on a VHS over there. Oh, shit. But yeah, uh, really, really, really into the season. They continue to um, make fun of Lars von Trier and the first two seasons in the show. So it's still very meta and, uh, yeah, very much enjoying it. It's definitely a little funnier than uh, the last two seasons. And uh, I think we got three left. And, uh, yeah, the last one will be on Christmas Day. So I hope to watch it at my sister's house in Boise on my laptop. And so no one else sees what I'm watching. Good call. And that's all I got. Damn. I might go see for a minute. I might go see the movie white noise. Uh, after we're done here. You, you fucking, you talking fucking DeLillo over here, dude. Yeah. The Noah Baumbach, uh, adaptation. I've heard mixed reviews. Uh, so, you know, expectations are, I don't know, in the middle, but I like Noah Baumbach, but it does seem kind of strange that he's adapting it. I don't know. It doesn't really seem like his, uh, just from reading the book recently, it doesn't really seem like a Baumbach type of thing, but, uh, yeah, I'm down. What did, what did you think about the, the book? Uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah. I plan to read more of his stuff. I'm still going through, uh, one or two other books that I am very slow at reading. So once I finish those, I might dip into some more. Delillo. Well, Randy, I would never shame you on your reading uh, skills. So uh, you just, you keep on trucking along, brother. I'm about uh, 120 pages into Running the Light, which I know you know. Oh, hell yeah. I got to start that back up again. I, because I did, (laughs) no, I did the audiobook version because the audiobook version is great because it's all, each chapter is done by a different stand up comedian. And so it's like its own thing. Uh, but I, yeah, I, sh- I should probably do them together to be honest with you. You see what I mean? Cause like, you know, the, the audiobook, that's a cool thing. That it's they a did. different thing. Yeah. Yeah. It is totally different. Also, I don't know why they gave Ari Shafir like the longest chapter. <laughs> Brutal. That comedians like him. I don't No, 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 I, yeah. I no, It's not so much that I, I, I have kind of turned a corner with Ari Shafir to a certain extent. Same. It's just his voice is not fun to hear <laughs> for an hour re- while reading a book. Yeah, I get that's it. why they gave Bert Kreischer the smallest chapter. <laughs> but it's fun. It's yeah, good. I feel your pain, Randy. I also read very slow. Thankfully, COVID lasted two weeks for me, so I got through House of Leaves. Otherwise, ew, nice. I would have never finished that Dude, book. Commendable for that, man. Dude, I I had to make a real effort for sure. I'm a slow fucking reader. Yeah, I just get distracted. What What are you reading right what? now, Randy? White Noise? No. Uh, I read White Noise. I'm reading. I'm reading oh, okay. Running the Light. Uh, comedian Sam Talent wrote it. It's kind of just right. like a fictional book about a stand-up comedian. Um, it's really and good I so know, far. I know, I know that title because Clark was telling me about it. Yeah, and, I, and I white noise sounds familiar because that's often how this podcast is described. Good at Michael yeah. Keaton. <laughs> Jersey that film. I saw that movie in a horrible, 
horrible ice storm. Yeah. And we we fucking we went through it to go see that fucking piece of shit movie. We almost died going to see that horrible movie. Ben, do you have any warm memories? Of it? Did you go see White Noise at the four star? Uh, I did not, but um, I was gonna say there was the sequel, White Noise Two, with Nate and Fillion as well, direct video. Fireflies in two. <laughs> I had yes, no sir. idea. Yes, sir. So yeah. He's is he he's handsome. Yes. Oh yeah, stunning. Got, yeah, but his eyes are like the headlights of a jeep. Okay. <laughs> he's got a good yeah. jaw that's like a one thing of all right doing. all right you know that's jaw. The, the jaw that will supersede a lot of uh inferiorities yeah randy that's it really because i don't have a whole lot either. come on we're, yeah. we're waiting for your surprise dude all right honestly it's because it's again you know me too well you know my surprises are not never, surprises yeah nothing has been more evident than what i'm bringing to the table this week okay. as it is <laughs> cue it up uh, we got a retread? It's a Russell Randy and everyone retread. So <laughs> uh, I finally saw the Northman. Oh, yeah. God, I forgot. <laughs> Dude, the Northman's fucking cool, man. Yeah. It's, uh, I was very impressed. And I don't know why I wouldn't have been. Uh, again, we're talking about a guy. At the end of the day, you can call Robert Eggers a lot of things. Um, organized is a word I would say. He definitely is. Uh, thoughtful is another thing that he definitely is. He pays attention to the details. And I think that um, this movie, The Northman, does a good job of marriage between art and commerce. Because I honestly, I think he got away with a lot of artsy fartsy shit in there um, that works. Um, I like the little uh, vignettes of, you know, the horse and, you know, floating in space or whatever. <laughs> and uh, the weird little like tree, family tree thing. That was cool. Um, but I, he, just everything you could tell, just painstaking detail. And um, that, which is what you expect to, how much did this movie cost? Because I think... This is by far the biggest budget he's had, but I still think it wasn't as much as you think it would be. So did this just come out on streaming or something? Because I know a lot of people are just now watching it. I, I, I don't know if I can answer that. On my particular case, I just bought it on iTunes like two so, weeks ago and just uh, finally watched it. Estimated budget is $60 million. Dude, this looks like a $200 million movie. But opening weekend in America made twelve. That's it. <laughs> How much did it make total? Gross Canada, U.S. was thirty-four. Worldwide, sixty-nine. <sighs> Even, yeah, but here's the thing. Yeah, but they, they, oh, that's so many good. people didn't go to watch it, and then a lot of people who went to watch it were kind of like, "Oh, that's cool." I, you know what I think ruined it yeah. was the fucking Green Knight, because I think everybody was like, "Oh no, don't fucking bait and switch me again." I'm telling you, I well, there. They're, they're both good executions of what they were trying to do. Yeah. And I think that people would be more upset with what the Green Knight did than what the Northman did. Because yeah, sure. Northman delivered with what you thought it was going to deliver. And it did it in a thoughtful way. 
You know, they added a whole lot of more intrigue than, you know, you were you were signing up for in what you thought was a very simple revenge film. Mm -hmm. And they added a whole lot of, you know, the backstory of what, you know, he was a boy when this happened. He didn't know what was happening really between his mom and his dad. It was very relatable drama that they were able to infuse in this, you know, very standard revenge story. So the script was great, written by that uh, monosyllabic uh, Icelandic guy who gives, yeah, Schwan or whatever. Benji, what'd you think of it? Oh, I loved it. It's one of my favorite movies of this past year. Um, it's really it's good. The, it's the closest thing, and uh, this goes back to Ryan, you, you've had. Ryan's, one of his dream projects is to do a Conan movie. Mm. And so to me, like, this is the closest we'll probably ever get in our lifetimes to a Conan film, I feel like. Unless Ryan gets, you know, gets his, uh, gets that movie made. I, I would like to see but, Ryan. Um, that would be pretty cool. You know, did you ever listen to when yeah. we interviewed him, Benji? Oh, yeah. I believe I talked to him about D&D and found footage, and he wasn't stoked on either. No. Yet He's he a Southern being... and a gentleman. Didn't you not read his biography? <laughs> For sure. And then he yeah. ended up being in a VHS movie. And then, uh, you know, you're talking about him doing a barbarian thing. It seems proper. And then I'll I'll show up like you and David Lynch. I'll pop out of an alley and I'll be like, "Remember me? I told you so." <laughs> um, hot take, hot take here. Um, supposedly a producer. I will not say who, but this is the story. And Ryan probably isn't listening, nor is Brett, who uh, edited the film with him. Uh, was told He's on VHS. Else? Um, uh, is is editor Brett Botman, and so um is that one of the producers is like, well, you did a good short film. Too bad it ain't really found footage. Oh. <laughs> Why? I don't just, know. They just like format or? It's a, it's a whole other thing. I, like, I feel like there's a lot of just, you know, around the campfire stories of how 94 got made, which I think is a solid, solid, I think it's up there with VHS 2. Um, what do you think but, of 99? Uh, 99 was a lot of fun. I, I don't understand some of the hate. On some um some of the, the 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 band the beginning stuff I actually liked how there's no wrap around it's just all like staticky and there's this weird it's actually ending. more true to format because it's like you pop in a VHS tape yeah. and it's just plain yeah like yeah the the harshest critique I heard was it only took five movies to get to the actual format of a VHS tape which I'm like yeah, it's fair <laughs> yeah I mean the, the we're, I think that's something and this might bring back to satanic Hispanics and point I think the wraparound to satanic Hispanics is the best thing in the uh, actual and the wraparound usually in anthology sucks usually like oh, that's man. The yeah. well Clark are you, you got more on the north man yeah a little bit okay yeah why because no I was gonna, gonna say we could, we could yeah I know uh yeah Benji I'm thinks pivoting sorry no, I would just say that I, I think it's an interesting conversation between, you know, the Green Knight and the Northman, uh, just because I, that balance of commerce, I think, is an interesting topic. Right. Yeah. And um, I think that the Green Knight's approach ruffled a whole lot more feathers than the Northman. But but I do think that, you know, people kind of felt burnt because our, can you look up the how the Green Knight did commercially? Because yeah, yeah, I'm going to bet the Green Knight did more than the Northman. Oh, yeah. I, I think right? I, which is odd because the Green Knights A24 and the Northman's Universal. Way yeah, less. Who knows how to market? Way less? Mm -hmm. 20 million. Green Knight did way less? It also cost way less. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, of course. It had to. So, 
I've lost my own argument. Well, I don't know. You know, because I <laughs> again, one of our uh buddies, he he was telling me his mom took her uh her boyfriend to go see the Green Knight, and she came back angry. And the way she described the film was she said it felt like it should have been foreign. And I'm like, yeah. what a what a like perfect way to like sum up what a casual moviegoer would, you know, their experience there. It's like, what the fuck am I watching? That being said, The Green Knight's fantastic. And I, I also want to be very clear. I like The Green Knight more than The Northman. Uh, but, but that is, uh, The Northman is is incredible. Um, and also, you know, Skarsgård, come on, man. Like, uh, that kid, he brought it. You know, the thing, I, I feel bad, because on the show, I didn't give The Northman a lot of love. And I think it's because I rolled in there and I was like, oh, I'm a savvy Viking fan. What's he going to do this? Like, what's in there for me? And then I kind of walked away just being like, well, he made a legitimate, like, yeah, we, we got to see him eat mushrooms and attack a town. Yeah, well, and instead of being pumped about that, I was kind of like, yeah, he did it right. I mean, and it's good. But, you know, I feel bad because I keep thinking back to it. I'm like, there's so much shit that you don't see in a movie theater. Like, uh, let's walk all the children into a building and light it on fire. Yeah. Like, that's a moment that happens. And it's kind of like, I should have been celebrating that. Yeah. Now that I have a kid, I realize how important these moments are. See, and look, that's <laughs> it. Look at this. We're in on early days. I know. We need to celebrate it more. Uh, but no, I, I yeah, I, I just thought it was uh, really good. And also not not overbearingly long. Uh, the runtime is, uh, it's what, I think north of two hours, but. Um, 220, 217. Oh, it, yeah. Okay. But feels <laughs> that it felt appropriate yeah. everything here felt appropriate everything felt good um I, honestly uh, you know from top to bottom i didn't really feel a sour note in anything here and i think that this by far being his most commercial film um is also i it's 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 his most accessible film right I think that we could probably agree on that, that this is his most uh, yeah. accessible film. Yeah. Um, when in comparison to The Witch and The Lighthouse? For sure. Yeah. And I honestly, I think that I would maybe put The Witch before The Lighthouse. Yeah, I think so. Right? Just because The Witch brings horror and it's The Lighthouse genre. brings weirdness. Yeah. And uh, now don't get me wrong. I love me some fart. Oh, so there was a fart joke in this one. Mm-hmm. See, he always brings the... There was one. There was one. It was good. Willem Dafoe. How good was that shit? The shaman shit with Willem Dafoe as the little joker and then the head? That was my favorite part of the movie. Also, what did that remind you of? I don't know. The Haunted Swordsman. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. dude, it was good. Dude, Benji, have you seen The Haunted Swordsman? No, I have not. Okay, we don't Whoa. have to get into it. We're going to we're gonna have to hook you up with that because you're going to dig it. Yeah, genre film. Recent? recent it's genre? short film it's all puppets and it's fucking cool dude yeah it's uh kevin mcturk a guy who worked on congo <laughs> he worked on a lot of things by the way uh, super talk about square jaws we were honored to have him. i just want to say congo's great by the way congo's good movie what i mean by that is not a good movie but it's fun to watch <laughs> it's very outdated it's very stupid ernie hudson Ernie Hudson's so good in Congo. It's very and also there's a hot air balloon. What else do you want? Congo's fun. Five stars. I talked about <laughs> it three weeks ago. I'm still excited. Um, I think that's it, boys. I watched a couple of uh 
uh, um, um, you know, episodes of television is, is, but Randy's, Randy's taken over TV corner. So, you know, you watch the FIFA documentary. I, I think I finished that. Um, Netflix is, is, it's ruining my brain. I think (laughs) all of these, all of these, Benji, what do you think about these, uh, documentaries that are just bombarding us, uh, you know, especially on Netflix, how we just overbloat every story. We try to, you know, put it in as many episodes and then we fucking fill the brim top to bottom with fucking BGM. What do you think about that? Um, I just was going to mention, uh, Pepsi were of my jet. I watched all of that. This <laughs> bang, bang. That's what we're talking. Um, I, the only thing is, is that, and this is something doing the festival too. I, I thought about in a theater, I have more memories of actually what I've actually watched when I'm in a theater yeah. than when I'm on streaming where I'm like, Oh shit, I did watch that. Like, good call. Thing. But I know, more but, that later. but you know, uh, again, kind of pivoting back to the, uh, you know, or early part of the segment where we're talking about the festival, but um, do you think that was there any resistance with uh, another hole in the head uh, going back to a physical festival opposed to, you know, the, the virtual thing, like, you know, what was that transition to go back into that? Was, what was that like? Well, something that's, that's there. And I think you can attest to um, as fellow festival filmmaker, you know, keeping cinema alive in the, in San Francisco is, um horror community is interesting here um it sometimes feels like oh we can reach more filmmakers online uh especially with genre before i list hole in the head and we had quite some success with the last couple years but i think the other thing though too is it's um it's not as interactive there's like there's definitely like this excitement and i think being in a theater um unfortunately we're not the new people so we had to go find our an old home the roxy which hosted like about 10 years before uh, another hole in the head. Um, so I think there was just sort of trying to find a home because there's a lot of other places and myself working at theaters. Uh, we are in the age of the death of the cinema in physical eras. And I don't know how many of these, I think the Balboa and the four star are doing the right thing, but a lot of other places that we would originally show one-offs with here in the Bay area, they're not here anymore. All the landmarks are pretty much gone. Things like that. Well, yeah. So, Benji, you were at the Embarcadero. So, what ha- what happened there? A uh, total fucking shit show, and it kind of was really a uh, kind of upsetting to see how everyone was treated. Um, uh, I live in the East Bay uh, since mm-hmm. the uh, since the pandemic, and um, uh, just literally, they did an overnight. They they said a couple days before, don't tell anybody, but we're shutting it down. Um, and I mean, we, you could read the articles and the Chronicle and stuff about it. Um, I was never fired, but they considered me a rehire when I was like, Hey, if you need help at the twin or the Shattuck and then the Shattuck even did four months later, the same overnight. Um, the twin offered to bring me, wanted an extra person and, and just, uh, the company, I just really think it's mismanagement at the end of the day. And it's really sad. It's not like, Oh, there's no good movies. Oh, there's not this, you know, Oh, Netflix. It's like, it's really like these really shitty companies that, all they rely on is like, we just need to sell popcorn and soda and try to get butts and seats and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, it's like people are going to show up if they want it, if they find something there, that's something that's, that's centered as a community and well, an experience. Did, did landmark ever go the subscription route? 
No, it's it was interesting. Like when I worked, because I've worked for camera, I've I've worked for other theaters in the past, um, uh, and and unfortunately, they've been all affected in various ways. Um, so uh, when I came in, Cuban Mark Cuban, who ran Landmark for many years, and really just made it a business. Not Is really he out? Theater. He's he's been gone. People still thought okay. he was in. The Cohen Media Group took it over and actually did some really cool things before the pandemic. They made the quad in San, in New York City. Oh, uh, the, the what group? Uh, the Cohen Media Group. Oh, don't tell Kanye. <laughs> well, let me get my mask on. <laughs> uh, so yeah, doesn't mean to, uh, don't mean to sidetrack on that, but yeah, it's um. And then I think they were affected heavily because they were an indie. They did a lot of Euro centric um, distribution as yeah. well, and so they were trying to really uh, bring back the embarkadero. Like we had these amazing like uh extra large i think yeah like something almost like you know seven feet footer uh posters that when cuban was there they ripped it all down they put this weird art deco thing that faded really terribly at the embarcadero <laughs> but we had like dead man fantastic planet metropolis like all these amazing and i like they were just stored in this little lot and i was just like we need to bring them up and then the cohen people who would come in they're like we got to put these up like why are these just sitting here like collecting dust and unfortunately the pandemic happened and then yeah yeah so. <laughs> yeah it was very sad when all that went yeah. down because uh, i i really enjoyed the embarcadero you know and uh my favorite thing about it was that uh it always made me feel good because i was the youngest person there uh by at least four <laughs> decades most of the time because uh, you know you go in there for a matinee and oh you're mixing with the blue hairs and the, all the rose water perfume it's a wonderful place to be <laughs> It was great to end on uh, Red Rocket as the last movie, <laughs> as that experience. Yeah, nice. That was um, good. So. Well, RIP to Benji's former job. Russell, it's your segment turn. Yeah. It's not. Okay. <laughs> it's Benji's turn. Is it? Oh, yeah. it is totally Benji's turn. Benji. <laughs> yeah. Please tell uh, us about something you've seen this week. Oh, oh okay. So I did see Pepsi. You know. Yeah. Um, I did see Pepsi. Where's my jet? Um, which was fun, but I also know that like Apple TV is also doing it the same thing. So that's another thing about streaming. There's always like rival projects. Dude, like Apple the old... TV. Dude, they need to cool it, man. Like they're they're they are they 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 are in too deep. I, they're making commercials now about how cool they are. Dude, they're not cool. And I have Apple, and I will love Apple until the the day that I die. But they need to. You know, they're getting too big for their britches, which let's be honest, they got pretty big britches. You know, they got that Will Smith movie coming out. You know, they're the biggest company in California, and California is the biggest economy in what the third biggest in the world. So they can pretty much do whatever the fuck they want to. All right, so we're all living in their world. <laughs> Benji, continue. Uh, and then, um, so this is I'm just kind of kind of bleeding for my Thanksgiving week. I was down in Los Angeles as well, so I got to see the Fablemans and Bones and all. Uh, at the downtown yes. draft house um bones and all definitely um i've grown to even love it more i do think <laughs> that luca guy needs to cut like 30 40 minutes you know talk about Ooh. you know yeah i in mean, every movie he makes <laughs> so yeah it did but, it did feel a little long in the tooth now i i feel like 30 or 40 that's a little you know uh hyperbolic to a certain extent, we don't need a half hour out of there. I I saw it at Fantastic Fest the first time, and I was in love with the look of the movie. But 
at the same time, like, yeah, it's cool to see David Gordon Green as a cannibal for like that was 20 fun. minutes. But that I whole scene that. could, that, I mean, it's like, it's cool in a novel. No, you <laughs> need that. No, you need, yeah, but you need that scene. You need that scene. Yeah. You but, need that um, scene. And uh, what's his name? The, he's great. Uh, Stilbark. Stilbark's wonderful oh, yeah. in that scene. Oh, it's, it's great. But it's like, kill your darlings. It's like, oh, that scene's. Yeah, it's just to me like what's the story that works? It's the la- love story is one of the best love stories of of psychotic, violent youth I've seen probably since like when I saw True Romance when I was a teenager. Like, okay, all right. Well, so yeah. so let's get into the nitty gritty a little bit. So if we want to talk about cutting something, what do we think about how in love were you with Mark Rylance and his character of Sully? Did we get enough Sully? Do we need more Sully? Did we have too much Sully? Um. It felt this is what I it did feel like. I have not read the book because this is based off a book. Um, yes. First sequence was amazing. And it felt like and actually fits in more with the David Gordon Green and Mulder Stewart. It's like this road trip anthology. They just show up for one scene, Louis Sevier with that great moment in the hospital and stuff like that. Um, but then him being a recurring character, it seemed like he was a different person each time he showed up. And it was almost like this must be like there must be two characters they combine to make the Sully character or something from the novel because you condense characters down and so by the end I'm like okay so he's not to reveal anything what he is um it just felt like it was like oh we didn't have another actor or we couldn't something happened where there's like okay now we just have to kind of bridge this character into three other because what it, I love road movies it's my favorite genre yeah uh, as well and so it's um and and and, and I, the love story in this road sequence worked really well but that character yeah when he shows up again in the creepy van like you see it a second time i think it's an, he's an allegory he is who timothy chalamet will be in the future because he talks about i want a van and all these things you're like oh yeah. he's sully he's sully. Yeah, yeah yeah and so um but yeah i i think i mean he's great it's but i also don't know if mark rylance is uh, in a day and age where, you know, we shouldn't be maybe playing characters a little slow, uh, unless you know, um, he I, he always I didn't feel that at all. I didn't feel not that on at that all. character so much, but there's definitely like in the last several years of him in movies, I'm like, is he supposed to be a character on the spectrum? Like, <laughs> what's up, what's well, up with every well, Mark performance? So, so you know, uh, we think yeah. about the, the movie with uh, DiCaprio, uh, "Don't Look Up" or whatever. You know, he plays a eunuch basically in that, uh, but he's great. You oh, know, and he was the only reason uh, why I watched and did not walk out of the outfit. Um, that piece of shit. Uh, but I he like was the good. outfit a lot. Why yeah. that movie sucks, Benji? <laughs> It's just like good old like fashion like theater on film. But like it's, it's not. It's not. It's a bad execution of that. Well, it's no Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Okay. Well, the acting. Well, first of all, that movie fucking can suck a dick. I'm over. I'm over. I am over Mammoth. I am tired of defending him. I'm oh, over. Don't defend him, please. I don't. have rewatched Glenn Gary Glenn Ross four times, twice in the past year. There's nothing there. Okay. I'm smoking. Benji, your thoughts? Uh, I I think it's a it's a masterpiece, but, <laughs> um, but it's a different perspective as I've grown into. Like, um, you know the Rewatchables, the podcast. Um, they no, did a we really don't good. Talk about, we have a rule. We don't talk about other podcasts on this okay. podcast. Sorry, it's just it's like they put a different perspective. I never thought about the movie. It's a great noir 
neo-noir if you think about it it's and it's got again it's it's mammoth i know in the last 15 to 20 years it's been it's been a ride <laughs> um but i mean it's that dialogue i just saw american buffalo with sam rockwell and said and lawrence fishburne oh did you yeah and i wait fishburne's in it now yeah it, it was it played uh earlier this year in, in new york and I mean that his 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 ear and his conversations. I mean, it's just like no one else. I don't think will ever, you know, get to that achievement. But you know, again, artistry for personality. Personality, woof. Not someone I want ever want to associate with or defend. Yeah, he, yeah but he's made some yeah. dog shit. He hates Spartan. <laughs> I love Spartan. The Valkyrie homicide he, fucking blows, dude. I haven't seen that since I was a teenager. So homicide. I was definitely like mammoth king high school like that's that's how you write that's how you make movies kind of thing what's the one he made with stewart gordon oh um we talked about edmund. Edmund. i know edmund, edmund, there edmund. Go. all right i like edmund that's the only yeah. one i've seen yeah but i have heard um, him on a podcast he is pretty obnoxious but most of my favorite artists are that's why sure. i love randy's band but he's like Kanye. Like him and Kanye are almost run like run with each other. It's very interesting. I feel like he's yeah, to me like I've amazing. had to come to deal with. Like I'll I'll put him up there with like being like here's a talented person who just like like what are you going at? Like what what how do you see the world this way? Man, you know, it's out of touch. He's out of touch. Yeah. And he sucks. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know how we got into Mammoth officially. But anyways, yeah. So Bones and All definitely check it out. Um, Fablemans loved it. Paul Dano's having a hell of a year. Now, how much how much should they have cut out of the Fablements? Because that's a 19-hour film. I, I think, actually, the movie could have been even longer on that end, and it could have been... OMG! Would have been, been fine with it. Because I think... I want a hot take out of you. Stop loving everything. What did you hate this year? What's the what's oh, the movie that everybody? Oh, where the crawdads sing. Um, <laughs> you know, I just said to them, I was just like, holy shit! <laughs> I'm like, um, we know where the crawdads sing in hell. Why did you watch that? Um, I was waiting for Bullet Train. Uh, it was it was. Just a <laughs> so, I was actually like kind of. De- I, I don't know, like. I really want to see stuff that's like, hey, this is maybe Oprah Book Club for me, but it's like, I, I was just like sat there, I was just like, oh my god, like, like <laughs> 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 it really like I was like, I know not the audience for this, but like, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I love Steel Magnolias, man, but of course, um, now, you bow your head when you mention Steel Magnolias. Well, Ben, oh, I, I do. Wanna, I want to get no, we're not going into Steel Magnolias. I, I want to get back to that sure. conversation. Yeah. that we were about to have about um, anthology films and the wraparound. Because when we went out and watched your film that you pre- <laughs> that you directed, uh, <laughs> Satanic Hispanic, when you presented it, you know, yeah. I, uh, of course, all cool people know this. You got to show up late. So I missed the, <laughs> I missed the beginning <laughs> of the wraparound. <laughs> and uh, so I jumped into the first short, which was uh, fantastic. And it... It, I'm I'm not gonna ruin it for anybody, but you know, Lovecraftian gets thrown around as like a catch-all description word. And let me just tell you, this involves uh, light spectrums and a Rubik's cube. Ooh! And uh, it was a uh, dude. I'm like, whoa, this movie's fucking legit. I thought it was an anthology, and then we get back to what looked like a procedural, where a dude was being interrogated and had just orally told this story. Now. 
I, I just want to say before you get into the talk about the rap that I love this format for a wraparound because I love having an in-world audience because the thing that I've always loved about wraparounds is that we are kind of anchoring the shorts. It, uh, it offers, well, one, it's practical. You might hate something, but you know, who knows the next one you may love. Also, there are characters kind of reflecting on the art, which I always love the conversation about film. And in this one, it was interesting because the detectives who are interrogating are just, they are, it's all um, self-deprecating. So every time a short's done, they're just like, come on, man. And they're just, they start punching down on it. And it's so, dude, I love it. it like the second short is about a vampire directed Ooh. by Eduardo Sanchez. Hell yeah. And our two detectives there are just like, please tell us you're not going to tell us a vampire story. Found footage? Uh, no, but it is comedy. Okay. And uh, dude, same thing. He fucking crushed it. You would love it. You would love that short. So I highly recommend you check out this movie when it comes right, out. Well, don't put me in a box. Who? Um. Oh my god! When I was watching the short, I kept thinking of that one fucking comedian. Who's the the guy that was in Sopranos? I can't think of his name. The Jersey dude. Joey Coco Diaz. Yes, I was like, dude, Diaz could have played this fucking vampire, <laughs> and it would have been, dude, it would have been fantastic. <laughs> but yeah. So back to you, Benji. Sorry, I had to. I just yeah. I love fucking anthologies. I mean, it, it was what we watched this week. So I mean, yeah, yeah. it's um. So uh, it's it's a fun. I just say fun, and I always sometimes say fun is my way of, and it was just sort of my brain training of, it, you're going to have a good time. Are you going to love everything? Probably not. But you're going to love, you're going to really enjoy yourself kind of thing. I like did. That. And, I loved it all. Um, you know, it's interesting. It's, it's uh, Mike Mendez directed the wraparound. So. Which is shocking. Because I'll tell you right now, that LA group down there, uh, I was a fanboy for a minute. And I, I believe Tales of Halloween. It's kind of where I'm like, again, another anthology film. But I'm like, man, are y'all even trying? Like, I think they had Ty West in there. They had a bunch of people. And I'm like, it looks like y'all had a good time making this. But, like, the product wasn't great. So, like, Mike Mendez is a dude I've always, like, rooted for. But I've never. It's kind of like Joe Lynch and Adam Green. Like, I want the dudes to do well. But their movies are never really, like, hitting the mark. Yeah. And this one. Well, one more than others. Dude, the wraparound. Joe's movies, I like the ideas always. I just. Yeah. They're always like three fourths of a great film that kind of, yeah. Um, Dude, they don't come together. I know. And he's, he, yeah. I like hearing him talk about movies, but. Well, I'm just yeah. tired of hearing the other one talk about his fucking dog all the time. Good thing. <laughs> it's all um, But. Who gives a shit? Fuck that. Getting dog. back to Fableman's real quick. Um, <laughs> I, I really wanted, because something that, it, then, then maybe this is also my experience is that um, the last bit. Have, have you all seen Fablemans? I just wanted no, to make sure. I think just me. I may okay. see it. Okay. Um, Go ahead. No, say what you want to because you can't spoil it for me. Yeah, it's 19 hours long. We'll forget it. <laughs> is, um, and you'll probably say, like, you should have this or that. Is the, um, it sort of gears up to California as, like, this place they're going to go to. Don't we all, brother? And it actually becomes an anti Semitic hell hole. Like literally for the main characters, uh, particularly the young boy Sammy, um, and so. Uh, but the thing is, is that where the rednecks that I grew up around in the South Bay, that's where this the last bit takes place in Silicon Valley. And uh, a close family friend of mine uh, grew up with the Spielberg sisters, and would a lot would as kids grow. He Spielberg actually, I've heard rumors that. 
was always asked if someone ever wanted to ask about his childhood, like he would not talk about his teenage years in California because they were so terrible. Like absolutely. And even like this family friend would say, yeah, like he, he experienced, he was a really sweet kid who just like so much people just did so much anti-Semitic Jewish hate on him. And so that I thought like the movie actually kind of feel like tones it down a little bit. But I'm just like, it was interesting. And it's like, they even call it out Santa Clara County at one point. And I'm like, whoa, like, that's where I'm born. That's in, and growing up there. Yes. Like, I'm really glad that they really called it out. And then he really went down this road. Um, so, and also he, uh, that banger at the end too. Of, Hell yeah. He's making allusions to it. Who shows up at the very end of the film as a, another director, just like for me, just like cemented this film as, <laughs> It's one of the best things he's done. It's we like, discussed that last week. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sorry. honestly, yeah, the the bar is low when he made the fucking post. Uh, that <sighs> that's that's a low 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 bar. Yeah. What a hunk of dog shit. And I just want to go ahead and take this opportunity to apologize to the Spielbergs for uh, tormenting them while they were young. Yeah, you're not <laughs> even born. <laughs> Russell, I think aren't you younger than me? <laughs> no, I actually led yeah. the roving group of Nazis that tormented him his whole childhood. What the yeah. hell is going on out there? Um, it's a lot of this collision course. I mean, my high school has been sued by the ACLU twice. <laughs> um, uh, for various things. I mean, do you remember um a story back in 2010? Um, these kids got sent home for wearing American flag shirts on Cinco de Mayo. Um, that my high school had a history of race fights and, and, and antagonistic. They had a Patriots club, um, oh, growing up because they didn't have, they, they couldn't get the white club going. Um, just, just a whole fucking bullshit, um, reality that like I lived around because I, it's a collision of rich white kids in suburbia and then migrant workers. It's like Steinbeck country and computers. Like, uh, uh-huh crashing into each other into south, south and so there's a lot of money or there's no money and so and there's and it just has this whole like animosity that's there towards anyone that's an other whatever yeah. that other is and so yeah. it's and so that's something that um yes i've been trying to write a movie about it <laughs> um and also in especially this last couple of years i went back and taught there and i was just like man this shit is still happening you know it's like <laughs> oh, it's, that's and, and so it's like, well, it's it's in different. They're now finding commodity behind it. How do we make money off of it? Charter schools, et cetera. Well, are men um, are, are men still drinking uh, from the breast of pregnant women? Um, like in the Grapes of Wrath, or the uh, one of my favorite movies, The Barbarian. <laughs> um, Barbarian. So I think <laughs> not, not to, but I I felt like that I was really appreciative that he didn't shy away, and I think in a lot of ways. This was like to me, like more of like, oh, like he really like went Schindler's, you know, Schindler's List, but out like, you know, I think that this one runs with that in the sense of him being this amazing, talented kid. And Judd Hirsch comes in with that great monologue about artistry yeah. that I think is, yeah. Well, Judd I, Hirsch I, is in this for Once only he, 10 yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but <laughs> he brings it. I bet. He, does, yeah, well, he yeah. brings it. He brings it in that. So. Um, so yeah, so that's, uh, and then we did Jaws the Revenge last night. So Jaws the Revenge, <laughs> the secret Christmas. Hey, you're going to pivot from South Bay pogroms to Jaws <laughs> Revenge? Oh, that's what I was going to say is that, so I don't know if you ever noticed, but as you get further down past San Jose, the trucks get bigger, 
the cars get more small like more like intense i mean like it's pretty wild like uh there's an over there was an overpass of like trump supporters at the house i was living when i was teaching hey it's like they say the trucks get bigger and the dicks get smaller baby (laughs) well there's no the nut the the nuts on the on the back oh i know truck nuts dude truck nuts man don't talk to me about truck nuts (laughs) i invented truck nuts yeah so it's it's wild i don't know and yeah we can get into the gilroy police department another time but (laughs) um i heard they stink that's a local Darling, <laughs> I wish a bunch of vampires would take them out. <laughs> hey, right now, ain't no vampires fucking with them. No. That's a fact. It's all the cocaine and, and garlic. <laughs> so, right. so yeah. Anyways, so yeah, those are uh um yeah, Jaws of Revenge, which secretly is a Christmas movie. No one knew that last night. Oh. So, um and uh well, you know, Jaws, Spielberg. Like that pivot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, um, yeah. And then I've been, I've almost finished vice principles, which I've been meaning to finish for years. Hell yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're on the train, man. It's a great show. You having fun with it? Oh yeah. It's, uh, it's all about Walton Goggins at the end. He's so good. Those two, those two together, man, those two together. It's, uh, it was a special duo. They they had a good chemistry, man. It was a it was a really good show, well, and honestly, like that show, it's I, I'm I'm you know I, I they canceled it, but I'm glad it kind of ultimately ended up in that whole like British sort of uh, you know method of of doing television where we got two seasons and that was it. Um, so I, I I do kind of like that, and I think that has sort of canonized it in a certain way in my head. I didn't know it was canceled. I actually thought they just wanted to make it like two seasons, like one long movie. I almost... think they got canceled. If okay. they didn't, great, good for them. Because I, I think, but because um, they could, they could have gone on with it. But you know, it's like anything. You know, it, it will turn into the office where they do fucking thirty-seven seasons and they limp to the finish line. Or like Modern Family. God, I didn't even know that just recently stopped. Like Big Bang Theory. That's yeah. what we do in America. We bastardize everything. <laughs> well, we got righteous gemstones and, and baby Billy out of that. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited for righteous gemstones to come back. Um, yeah. Eric Andre uh, had a nice cameo appearance in the last. Yeah. All right, Benji, anything else? That does it, sir. So. All right. Thank you so much. Now, uh, now, Russell John, it is your turn to bring us home, baby. Thank you. Um, you know, I do want to, I'm going to, wheel back to satanic hispanic really quick because uh here's the thing Flip now, a bitch. i'm not affiliated with the film fest and the movie's probably not going to be out for a minute but when it comes out i here i already know i'm here with you you're walking into walmart you're like oh my god it's the south bay look at all these people they all hate jews and then you know we're here with benji and then we're walking down and we're going to the blu-ray aisle and you're like what is this there's like some Hispanic Satanist shit, and it looks couldn't look more Walmart. I mean, if you look at the the poster, and it's just such a turnoff. And you know, if it's not like a four dollar movie, you're not probably going to get it. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, you need to fucking buy it. Uh, the wraparound is great. We touched on that a little bit, but each short kind of occupies its own tone. The first one is like a true interesting. It's actually pretty thought provoking. The first, uh, I'm going to use the hack term Lovecraftian short the second one 
pure comedy, Eduardo Sanchez. And then the other one that I want to mention is the last one, which honestly felt like a true successor to um, Sam Raimi style horror and comedy. And I even think there's a, I don't know if you can call it homage because it's so close to a deadite looking reveal towards the end, which isn't a spoiler, but my God, I am. I had a moment where I was really enjoying it and then it kept building. And then I kind of stopped laughing. I was like, holy shit, man. If they were going to do like another army of darkness, whoever nailed this tone, like directed it, they should do it. And I would name who it was, but you know, you got to here. Here's how much I like anthology movies. You got to go to Wikipedia for them because they break them down by each short and they'll tell you who worked on them. IMDb is not anthology friendly. They just have director and then there's eight names. And because this is a, uh, it, you know, I'm not familiar with all the directors. I don't know who did it, but um, keep it on your radar. Satanic Hispanics. Also, email scary thoughts. Chad loved this film. And Mark is the one on that show who normally uh, gets to pick what they talk about. But I want to hear them run through this. So, yeah, harass them. Now, um, I did watch one more movie last night. And I'm curious to see the immediate reaction from Benji when I mention the name. Because I'm sure he's got his pulse on the cinema vein. He knows what's happening out there. I got my pulse on the mud vein. (laughs) That checks out. Yeah. The Mississippi mud vein. Um, Santa Clara County music. (laughs) (laughs) no i watched the film with the uh unique and thought-provoking name of skinnamarink benji oh that's a good look have you seen it i haven't and um so um a good friend of ours of the festival um andrew schwartz he's i don't know if you've ever had him on he's a horror guy um no what's he done um he did a short called the elvis room with uh, oh, I think so you, I think Clark, you mentioned this. Corbin Burnson's in it. <laughs> um, oh, it's a short film that plays. Oh, so, so it's is it a faith film? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a faith film. Um, uh, he he's someone who has definitely is like someone who I'm like, hey, what's playing? Because he lives down in Burbank. Um, so I hear it's on the festival circuit. It also got leaked. I've heard yeah, it's been leaked. various things because I'm like, to me, I'm like. We got Warped Dimension Fest happening in April, May. Like that would be a perfect film for Warped All right. Fest. So. Well, okay, let me let me go ahead and set it up for you. Um, yeah. Skinnamarink. The way that it it got on my radar was yeah. that we have a uh, small little Discord there where we have a bunch of weirdos hang out. They talk about this show, and every now and then they'll throw out movies that they watched. And Skinnamarink showed up at the same time that it appeared in the Discord, where I'd expect this kind of shit to happen. Terrell posted that he watched it. And I'm like, okay, weird, because I'm getting two different vibes here. Terrell was talking about, oh, you know, I really wanted to engage with this movie. So I turned off all my lights and I turned the sound up and I just committed to it. And he's like, and you know what? I actually liked it. It reminded me of being a little kid. And I'm like, what the fuck did he watch? Then I go on the Discord and uh, Mickey from the Three Friends podcast is talking about uh, it's different and it's very it moves at a glacier pace. And I'm like, okay, nobody wants to reveal anything. And these are two polar opposite kind of film fans. So I uh, tricked Oksana into hanging out with me last night. and We jumped into it. Now, two children wake up in the middle of the night to find their father is missing. And all the, window- and all the windows and doors in their home have vanished. That synopsis 
I don't I don't know if it helps because this movie is the the thing that I love about film. It is a visual story being told. And if the TV were turned off and you heard the audio, it would be a completely different experience. This film features, I think, maybe two faces in its hour 40 runtime. It is a lot of liminal space. We're looking at corners in a uh, suburban home. It's what I imagine it to be. Uh, there are two kids who seem very young from their voice. And this is more like a slideshow of um, a darkened house where something bad has happened, but you're not sure if it's in reality or in a nightmare. And the the vibe this movie gives is when all, I'm sure everybody here at some point when we were supposed to be in bed, snuck out to watch a TV. And there's this weird vibe where you're doing something you're not supposed to, so it's kind of fun. But it's also, there's like a lingering like dread, like this isn't going to end well. But as a, as a viewer watching this slideshow, because there's not a lot of motion in this movie, we'll linger on a picture of a TV and there's a film grain kind of like it's, um, you know, from a reel, but you're like, there's no way this is a reel. So me as a found footage fan, I'm like, what's the point? You're not tricking me. And then you realize there's a thing where when you have a static image, like a camera's not moving and it's just filming darkness, you know that the camera's rolling because the, the grain is moving. And I'm sure we've all noticed in a film where they're pretending that the camera's rolling, but they paused it and the grain stopped. And you're like, what am I, a fucking schmuck? Like, you idiot. Yeah. So in this one, it's alive. And you end up... Now, here's the thing. Now, what Terrell was trying to say is it made me feel like a kid and I had to fully commit. Kudos to Terrell. If you've checked out Blu-ray Tuesday, you know he's a high-energy motherfucker, and you got to entertain him. This must have been like reading the Bible for him. And honestly, as somebody, you know, I've been trying to get back into reading to strengthen my attention span. So you're reading the Bible? Oh, not yet. <laughs> I read The House of Leaves, which uh, I think was twice as long and uh, more confusing. But, you know, actually, that's a great comparison because this movie... It's it's if you like film where well, one can save your soul well, <laughs> when 15 minutes in, you're wondering, wait, what am I, what is this? Like, I don't know what am I doing this wrong? It's that kind of movie. And um, I don't know. I I'm tempted to like I, I would like to talk about what I think is going on, but that would completely rob people. And like Benji mentioned, it's kind of hitting the film fest circuit. I believe the story here is that somebody put out a tweet. They did a, a long essay about it and just about the like the kind of nostalgic dread of the liminal spaces that comes out of this thing. And it, it kind of went like viral. So now we're getting this is the thing I hate about horror. Everybody who considers themselves a tastemaker is now hooking their boat to this fucking car. And they're they're just like, oh, it's fantastic. Here's the thing. Don't be part of that second wave because people are going to get pumped. They're going to be like, this movie's terrifying. They're going to turn it on and they're not going to make five minutes into it. This is an avant-garde film. Thankfully, there is a... I don't know if it is a proof of concept, but the director, Kyle Edward Ball, did do a short film. Now, the short film doesn't have the like fun skinnamarink name but it's called heck and i i need a disclaimer this because i watched it today now is there a montage i well here here's the thing last night so i watched this movie <laughs> with oxana on a projector thanks Benji. 
and this movie's quiet un- until it's loud and then it's quiet again and anything that you hear will distract you from it this movie is it's not doing a tug of war with your attention it's just lying there but you know if you watch it something will happen so dude any ambient noises will pull you out of this movie you really gotta do it right is this what you were watching last night yeah it went from pockets of i didn't know what was happening in this house yeah to i didn't know y'all were still in the living room i know it was wild yeah and we had it loud too yeah and the thing is you know if you're trying to watch the if you're trying to watch a close-up of a toy phone with a directional light slightly moving around it and then you hear clark next door chopping onions it's like you know it, it the the brain pollution will happen and you'll just you'll start to imagine clark chopping onions so if you watch would you movie, rather me chopping broccoli cutting cheese than a um, here's the thing benji called it out it is hitting festivals but it, it's leaked so a lot of people are watching this on goku.com i can't recommend you stream it from a fucking website like that yeah don't know goku but be an adult just torrent the fucking thing (laughs) but also here's the thing now i say that with complete confidence i know benji's getting squirrely over there but here's the thing y'all motherfuckers will buy this movie too but i'm just gonna warn you it is avant-garde now i did tease that there was a maybe proof of concept it's called heck and it's available on youtube before you jump into that Know that it is the core of the movie, Skinnamarink, except that they, the enigma is not as heavily veiled here. So you may end up having answers or more clues than you want if you adventure into the feature. So only watch this if you're like hesitant and you're like, I don't think it's for me. It's heck and it's on YouTube. And I'll tell you, the first 15 minutes are much more found footage feeling. We have a directional light of a of a flashlight, and we actually have movement through hallways. And I've never heard anybody else call this like liminal horror, but everything in here, we're spending time in like empty bathrooms and hallways, and we're looking at ceilings. Like it's areas not occupied by people normally. So again, I I spent all day thinking about this movie and if I actually liked it or if I just wanted to like it. And I'll tell you, I came in this movie and I really wanted to like it. And I, and when I was done, I looked at Oksana. I'm like, what do we think of this? And I, Oksana, did you ever come up with words to describe what you thought? Your, your mic's on. No. <laughs> okay. There I mean, <laughs> aside from like, you know, surface level, like it looks really good. It had surprisingly effective like jump scares, which some of them were just like loud noises, but. But loud noises after 40 minutes of no noises. Yeah. You're completely disarmed and then you're instantly like terrified. Um, but I'm still kind of like, I don't know. I don't know what to do with a movie like this, which is what I said after we so finished it. I, I came to the conclusion that I do really like this movie. And it's funny that Benji had a couple secret Christmas movies because this movie was nostalgic for me. It reminded me of a lot of my childhood Christmas buildup. Because now I, I, here, I'm going to tell a little story. Let's do it. I used to live at the end of a hallway. My room was at the end. So when you come out of my room, direct left was my parents' room. Not a scary room. I actually tended to avoid it. Right behind them was a door going downstairs. Across the hall from that was a bathroom. You go down the hall, back on the left, it's in the kitchen. You go straight down, you're in a dining room. 
but it's an open dining room. You go further in, and it's the living room. In a nook? Is there a nook? No nooks. Mm, I and love a nook. all the way across from my room would be a Christmas tree during the holidays. I think this is why it would scare me. Real or artificial? I believe we fluctuated. Oh, very nice. <laughs> we eventually gave in and went artificial. But at night, when I would go to the bathroom or sneak around to do God knows what, that Christmas Fentanyl. tree would offer lighting that wasn't normally there. And I remember I would often open the door, make sure my parents were asleep. And that's the vibe of this movie. You're standing in the hallway. You're trying not to creak the floor. You're trying not to breathe. And you're trying to hear. And while you're doing it, you, you realize you're staring down this hallway with like five different doorways. And then it starts to think, you, you're like, what if somebody just walked out of one of these? Or like, what if a light turned on in the bathroom right now? Or what if somebody walked by the, you know, and that's this movie. So was that titillating for you to to reemerge into the skin of a Christmas paper? Hey, it's bittersweet. <laughs> it's weird because there's a moment there is talking in this movie, but the children feel like they're like five, which, you know, my memories, I wasn't that young. But man, it gets if you allow yourself to take that mental journey, it can get I could see why people are terrified, but I just don't believe half of them. Yeah. And that's what I want to say. The horror community, we see the witch. We love to prop it up. Hey, well, I got the witch. I understood what they were saying. The witch. The second wave, they come around. It wasn't fucking scary. The movie sucked. Fuck you. That's going to happen here. Sure. Just ignore all the noise and watch a movie that has absolutely no noise sure. to offer. A lot of smoke. Yeah. Benji, I think you'll dig it. But also, watch it alone. I don't normally recommend this. Are we talking about heck still? No, heck, heck, I did watch on a laptop with headphones. Okay. That one, uh, there's similar vibes. Heck is much more, uh, the entry level is lower. Okay. This is connected to or whatever, but heck dude, I'm telling you, if you, if you're interested in, um, skin a marink, there we go. Don't watch heck. Oh, don't. If, if you're tippy toeing, like, I don't know. I don't want to watch an hour 40 avant-garde film that only shows a human face maybe twice. <laughs> Then go ahead and watch Heck. And if the vibe gets you, then get some coffee one night. Because here's the other and thing. And a cookie. It's, and a cookie. <laughs> and a pencil. And uh, wade into it. Because it's going to be challenging. That's the word here. I love it. Um, you know I love a challenge. Randy. I, God, I hesitate to recommend anything to Randy. Because I'll I mean, get pumped. I'll be like, I just watched a German film. There's not a what? What was that one I recommended to you last time? Zootopia? What was it called? Zootopia. It wasn't Zootopia, but it was called Zoo something. Zoo. Zoology or something, maybe? Zoology. And I was like, I got it. Here's finally a, a movie Randy will dig. And he was like, it was okay. So I, I've been burned. But Randy, if anybody's going to hold my hand on this avant-garde journey through liminal spaces of a suburban household, it's going to be you. So I'm yeah, going to need you to watch it. Oh, wait. God, I just imagined you in your house alone at night watching this might be truly terrifying. Hell yeah. Live stream it. <laughs> <laughs> or have the reunion of the cellar dwellers. Oh my God. <laughs> this sounds like a good uh, combination. Benji, jump in here. What do you guys think? So, so uh, this is my concern is that um, I just heard about it this past couple of weeks and I was like, oh man, this would have been great for whole head to show. Uh, at I, this do, time. I don't know. <laughs> Well, the thing is, it's you're in a theater. You're in a dark theater, whether it be the Big Roxy or the Little Roxy or the Four Star. I feel like that's the perfect kind of movie from what I've heard. It's like it's just your attention spans fully in there. And then, you know, also, what the fuck, you know, kind of that that kind of feeling. But like this is me, how I felt 
a lot when Barbarian came out. Like Barbarian trailer was did not really impress me. I was like, I no, know. I'll I'll go just because I'll, I'm there. I mean, Smile was the other one where I was just like, eh, I'll go eventually. Still playing in the theater, by the way. Whoa. Smile. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, I, I was late to the party. I mean, it was the opening night film at Fantastic Fest this year. And I was like, really? Uh, I'll skip that. <laughs> so, but um, Barbarian was a fucking great ride. Yes, it's contradictory. Yeah, you can pick it apart. But from the dude who made The Whitest Kid You Know, and the last feature he made was called Ms. March. Yeah. This is, <laughs> like, yeah. clearly, I was very happy with that ride. That was the first weekend, though. Second weekend, it makes all this buzz, and everyone's like, well, duh. <laughs> like, that was, like, a lot of reactions to people. And I was just like, I'm like, name me the last time you, like, went on a ride with that movie. You didn't want Nope, even though Nope took you on that ride. In the mm-hmm. most, like, you know, again, $60 million, you know, what's getting the head of Jordan Peele for two and a half hours. And it's just like, to me, I'm like, audiences just crack me up sometimes even not even just the horror audience but like you got to get on like that first wave if you don't then like you're always like i knew he was dead the whole time you know kind of people like that dude benji i feel you because here's the other thing if you're like a broad film fan horror you know so you mean female if you're a female (laughs) film fan if you watch all genres of film like here my life if a horror movie comes out i don't watch the trailer i just go watch it opening day that will pre-baby now I'm trying to figure it out. Um, but I understand because here's the other thing. If that movie sucked, people would have been like, yeah, what the fuck did you think, Benji? Why would you go see it? And they're, they're the first people to shit on it and brutally. But here, here's my thing. I don't want you to get people thinking that, you know, um, Skinnamarink is barbarian because even in the conversation oh, no. of the, the Green Knight and the Northman, this is like you're talking about movies that play in a theater. I'm talking about there's a college. It's a community college. They got a weird professor and he's teaching avant-garde art 101. And he's showing like the life of pottery making. And it's a dude for 19 hours with a single fixed camera making pots. And it's like, you might even be the most weathered film fan and just be like, I like to punish myself, but this isn't fucking harmony. Kareem. This isn't people walking out of spring breakers. This is cogs turning on a wall, except it's got like a nice audio book with it. And, and but is it scary like, though? This is the, this what comes down to what George goes to. Is it scary yeah. though? Well, here's the thing. I don't know what the fuck scares you. And that's why when, uh, when I go to horror movies, I call them horror movies. I, I really think when people say it's a scary movie, there's like a false expectation. Elevated psychological thriller from A24 coming to you. <laughs> you, yeah, know? Like, you know, what might yeah. be the scariest movie to somebody, like if you're an atheist and you go in and you walk out of a movie believing in God, that might be a horrific experience for you. Yeah, Benji, what does scare you? I'll go first. (laughs) Uh, Taxes, snakes, heights, commitment. Uh, Commitment for sure. (laughs) Um, Because both my parents have seven marriages between them. Um, (laughs) How is that even mathematically possible? It's it's a long story. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, And uh, I actually like snakes. I like reptiles. So All right, that's not a problem. we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> Taxes, you just gotta find what, what is it in Schindler's list? I'll bring it back. Uh, some Spielberg, it's like he says, you know, he's like, yeah, you gotta find a good barber, a good tailor, and a good accountant. That's all you need in life. Yeah, so I just don't want to be audited. 
By the way, yeah. William William Fitchner should be my CPA guy from Drive Angry because he's the account. He's the accountant. <laughs> my hey, God. See, I understood <laughs> that reference, and that's why you're here, Benji. I'm here to help. Now, Benji, I love you, but I, I do think you're wrong. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think Skinamarink would work okay. in a theater. And here's the reason. I love – you've been over my house. You've seen all the movies we own. And then you ask me, how's this one? I'm like, I don't know. I'm waiting to watch it with somebody. I love hosting a film night. I promise you, Skinamarink will never show in this house again to more than me and Oksana in a room. And it's only because... Sick invite. Host, <laughs> host anxiety. Like, you you can't help but hope that people are having a good time. This movie will murder you because you know they're not. And the other thing is, once you hear the hype wave, you're going to be like, fuck, there is an expectation. I went in blind, and I was kind of like, are these people serious? Because, I mean... We, we've talked to people who do avant-garde showings and I'm like, I would actually show up to some of those. Like I'll, I'll go to the, um, where's our opening party done? Why can't I think ATA. of it? the ATA who they will only program. This would play at the ATA. Yeah. That's, sure. they're, they're, that's how we do it. Yeah. That, yeah. So, Highbrow avant-garde. Yeah. And then at the end of it. Yeah. And dude, anti-Semitic. <laughs> Yeah, so Benji, I highly think you would dig it. But again, I think headphones and a laptop is not a bad way to okay. approach this film. Oh, yeah. In a theater. And here's the thing. Now, this is going to feel like an insult or it's a critique. Honestly, it's a compliment. And it's a conversation I had with Chad at uh, Another Hole in the Head. And the Another Hole in the Head crowd is kind of fucking rowdy, dude. It's almost like we're in the 80s and you're in New York and people are fucking in the back and somebody's just OD'd on heroin. And then there's a movie playing that's actually pretty good. And oh God, I feel a like I'm a, a tangent to on a tangent. When Wes Craven died, we went to the Roxy and a bunch of fucking Twitter hacks came in and they're like, oh, let's watch Nightmare on Elm Street. And we, me, Oxon and Terrell were cringing as people were like, dude, this blood looks fucking fake. And we're like, do people even make those kind of comments anymore? <laughs> like, do they think pro wrestling's real? Like, what is happening back there? But I had a conversation in the lobby of an Alamo with a good friend, and he said, dude, you got to live in those moments. Just know that you're the one person engaging with the film while chaos is going on around you. So that's how I feel at another hole in the head <laughs> when there's a brawl in the back, and I'm just like, dude, satanic Hispanic is killing it right now. Hell yeah. Well, it's like you. New York should be. <laughs> And that's exactly what I thrive for. That grindhouse, Bill Lustig, like, you know, it is, it's dangerous. You know, that's, that's what I, I do love about that, you know? Yeah. Except that I've had the most hugs I've ever had at that. Another hole in the head. And that too, actually. <laughs> most consensual hugs you'll ever get. <laughs> Half of them. And also yeah. it, it gave you a face to face with Nicolas Cage. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't there that night. It's a long story. I was really sad. Oh, I was there. You were there? I, I made eye contact and I acknowledged and then I said, I'm never looking at the sun again. Well, Wednesday night, even though this will air on Thursday, Christopher Coppola will be back. He's another annual oh boy, showing the timekeeper slash his kids movie he made in like the 90s, I guess is what we're told. That's what he's going to show this year. Are so you saying Nikki's coming back? I don't know. It's interesting. I, uh, I, I was shocked that even he showed up that, but he's, he's there every year showing something new or from the past or, you know, and you know, I might've painted another hole in the head in a kind of ruffian light, but everybody, everybody down below ground 
we all knew Cage was in the room. Everybody respectful, except yeah. for the one who said, hey, Nick, let me get a picture. And then our good friend Dave O'Shea, he was like, hey, you take a picture with him. And Nicolas Cage, he didn't even fucking blink. He was like, OK. Yep. And then oh, everybody man. went, fuck, man, we all should have done that. And that <laughs> is my favorite audience member. I We need to give him an award because we haven't seen him in a couple of years. But Calvin is <laughs> Calvin. Uh, you heard him during Satanic Hispanic. Oh, I did. In the vampire movie. Yeah. So like, I feel like that's one thing I miss about going to the movie, especially horror films is with audiences and stuff like that, especially in in cities is they don't like they're with the movie like it's not it's not like they're trying to you know like have their own conversation with the phone it's like this engagement that it's such a it's a rare rare thing that i yeah. just it, that's the one things that get me a little sad sometimes where i'm like man like you, you'll hear people like oh yeah that evil dead book the necrocom looks like spongebob you know blah 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 well <laughs> <laughs> that one's in a, in a family yeah. screening um <laughs> But yeah, that's Calvin is is a uh, yeah a man among men, and he looks great. He's like almost seventy or something. And he looks like he's still what 25. the fuck? Wait, what? Yeah. Really? He's like, just the, like mid sixties. Yeah. We talking so. about the Chiefs fan? Yeah. He's black. Don't crack, baby. <laughs> <laughs> man, good he's, for him. Like, I hugged him. That hug was like, man, that's that was like a twenty five year old man, like just grappling you. He's yeah. been digging graves. <laughs> that's it. Calvin is Calvin is yeah. It's it's good to have Calvin back this year. So. All right, now again, Benji, before we cut you loose again, thank yeah. you for your time. Very excited about the film festival. Love having you back, on, man. We'll have you on whenever you want to. Just let All us right. know. I'll be back in three um, years. I'll go to Gitmo. <laughs> no, no, next time. You know, we didn't plug in enough, but your Warped Dimension show. Can you give us links and stuff so we can share that? I mean, it's it's on Zoom. It's on our Instagram at Warped Dimension TV, or you can follow me at Movie Hopping um, on Twitter. Uh, we have a Patreon as well. So Here's the thing. There are so many avenues that you can do to, like, do a, um, like, watch a movie in a group online. And the the fact that you go Zoom makes it feel like a club. Like, it's kind of like you need the link. Otherwise, you can't just, like, stumble into a Discord or something. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. So share that because we'll, yeah, we got to get in there. Yeah, right. absolutely. I mean, it's Christian Slater, pump up the volume. That's the that's the the model of it. So. Now, why don't, you, why, don't, why don't you give a link to Jake Busey and he can, uh, <laughs> you know, bust up the party one night. You got a copy of Tomcats is going to get signed on Tuesday, that's for sure. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um but yeah, so thanks uh, thanks for having me all. Yeah, you can find us at Warped Dimension TV um, on Instagram. Yeah, we've and uh, and we'll be actually doing Warped Fest as well. Um, I kind of dropped it a little bit. Still working on the details, but April May. Um, yeah, we will we'll right. have and more. Benji, last time, if anybody wants to find the fest, uh, give the site. And anybody wants to look up uh, yours, what's uh, what's your uh, your handles? Uh, a as an uh, <laughs> as another. Uh, I as an in, uh, a, um, T, sorry. I'm not closing this man. I'm going to go out, go back to salesman school. Um, a H I T H dot com. Another hole in the head, um, comes up right on Google or I say Google another hole in the head as well. That's, uh, we're a Bing family over here. <laughs> oh, not, not, not duck, duck, go. Oh, dear. Please. <laughs> I'm on tour. Oh. 
<laughs> Thanks for having me all. Thank you, Oksana. Congratulations again on uh, on letting me uh, s- sacrifice your child. Uh, <laughs> Are you all made an agreement? <laughs> well, you said I like ruined your bonding. <laughs> so, so yeah. Well, Benji, so, I hope you're not going to get sick of us because I'm definitely rolling down there on Tuesday. I'm going to try my best oh, yeah. to bring Clark, but you know it's a flip of a coin with this little fireball. But, all right, here's the deal. I will come and I will book. Jake Busey on this guy. Oh my God. He's not going to want to fuck around. <laughs> oh, with he's going to fuck around. Not after Benji tells him what his experience nah, nah, nah. is like. <laughs> nah. We're, we're Busey boys, dude. Okay. He gets it. SOGs, baby. SOGs. So. Benji, we love you. Good to see you, babe. Good to see you. Thank you, Randy. Thanks. Thank you. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.